Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries here with you. Coming to you every Friday as I do. I'm outside, just outside the Swamp Division, Washington, D.C. Uh, once again, we've uh, been bitten by Ammon Bundy, apparently. He was supposed to be here. Uh, he told me he was looking forward to it. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, he'll still show up. I'm holding out hope. Maybe he'll just he's just late. But uh, in the meantime, my son, John Jeffries, has decided to step in again. We also <laughs> sent a link out to Chris Graves. So we'll try to make the show entertaining for you. And I... This point, I'm almost at the point where I think I'm just gonna uh, do the show myself, and let, and if I want to guest uh, Tony and I, uh, Tony will we'll just record it or something because this is it's ridiculous, and I'm not prepared. I didn't get any stories or anything, so we just have to go off the cuff, which uh, is fine. I'm used to doing it. And uh, Deborah Wheeler's out there saying uh, double hugs to Riley. Okay, we'll do that. There's Riley's got a fan. I told her. I told her about you. So John, glad you could uh, step in, and uh, so we'll. Um, We'll just bat these stories around, and then uh, hopefully yeah. Chris will be here. Well, and I know I understand from White Wolf that he's listening to Angry Tiger. So Angry Tiger's up against me in the ratings, so, <laughs> and he's pretty angry. So you know, AT, AT is a tough guy to to beat. So I know people are going to want to listen to him. So hopefully, uh, well, people will listen as well. Thank you, Deborah, for reading my my Substack. Um, who we have here? Uh, I saw somebody else. Oh, there you go. So name I don't recognize. Kian Ananta. No way. Oh, I guess he's saying no way with a uh, Ammon Bundy. And you know, guess this is not false advertising. I know people are excited about Ammon Bundy. I hear it, and I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I guess I, I, you know, after the last time he had a, you know, a very good excuse, and it was tragic. Uh, so. I, and he was very apologetic too, saying, I'm sorry, you know, I don't, I don't ever mean to be unprofessional. And I said, I certainly understand. So uh, he wanted to come on the show and that's what we're doing. So I don't know. Um, Marlon says, could you ask him what the reasoning thought process by taking government b- building basically hostage? And if he regrets it, well, if he comes here, Harlan, I'll be sure to do that. But at this point, I don't know. And Lisa Belanger's back in the house. So uh, and she's, Probably I wanted to hear him too. So I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up and, and do false advertising. Uh, he was supposed to be here. Maybe he'll still be here, but in the meantime, the Jeffries family will have to, uh, to suffice. So um, John, what are you, what are you uh, looking at uh, this week? I know you were talking earlier about uh, Alex Jones has had some interesting shows the last couple of days. Yeah, well, it was an interesting uh show today i know uh everybody's up on uh jacob chansley uh the QAnon shaman so i i just tuned in for a second and saw him on there and i thought that was interesting because uh everybody knows he, he was very smooth and uh you know very very interesting he said a lot of good things but alex also fielded a couple callers saying questioning him thinking that he was a fed because why did he get released early where a lot of other people are still in prison 
you know, and his, his case got the media spotlight and Tucker Carlson helped. They, they sort of singled him out and he was able to get, um, you know, uh, he was sort of able to get released and, and he, he got all the spotlight on him from the beginning as sort of a caricature. So, uh, it was pretty interesting to, to watch that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, of course Tucker and, and, uh, and he, he's supposed to, uh, 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 reptile hybrid, who's uh, my friend Australian Ben's uh, buddy, who has a really nice following over on Twitter, and we did one Twitter Spaces together. We're su- we're supposed to do another Twitter Space with the same guy, the shaman guy, and uh, so hopefully he shows up to that. But after being on Alex Jones, he may uh, he may be too big for his riches. Like uh, our, our old friend Gary McBride, still waiting to find out what yeah. happened to Gary McBride. That's that's a new uh, research uh, project for Chris Gray's if, if he joins us or not. And Lisa Belanger, what happened to Roger or to Gary McBride, our buddy? Uh, and everybody's watching uh, Angry Tiger, so ho- hopefully people come on over here. White Wolf says Angry Tiger had a guest a few days ago called Sound of Freedom, the QAnon movie. Could not agree more. Well, we just heard, I guess you heard that, John, that one of the producers of uh, the QAnon movie was just arrested for child kidnapping himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't hear that. That no. kind of plays it. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. yeah. If there's anything that we, can make it make us more cynical, yeah. I mean, it seemed mm-hmm. like a great movie that gives people a lot of hope, but us us people in this movement see that uh, I don't know. Sometimes some of the people posing as the biggest saviors that they have some bad stuff in the closet too. I guess. Yeah, well, it's it's very <laughs> it's very disturbing that somebody that would produce a movie like that would be involved apparently yeah. in it himself. I mean, geez. Yeah. Uh, Harlan Stonewall says Alex and Mike Lindell are doubling down last week on, on needing. Oh, you know, that's, that's all. The, yeah, well, in Alex, in that, Alex's yeah. case, he, uh, he does of course sound like a show, but if there's whatever legitimacy there is to what's going on with his lawsuits, yeah. uh, if he has to pay anything, you know, obviously yeah. he can't pay the money. It's impossible. But if he really is going to have to pay any money at all, he, he's going to have to get some money for somewhere. And I, and John will tell you when I'm watching, I get irritated a lot of times. Stop shilling because, yes, he shills constantly his products, but those are his commercials. So he kind of has to, you know, and he, he right. has to, that's what supports and, the, he said that dude, it is supporting the it, broadcast. So, yeah. and people don't realize it, at any, any radio show or anything has millions of sponsors and commercials and everything. So basically, he, does, he doesn't really have that, at least supposedly. So he's being completely listener funded at least that's what we're led to believe so right, he, right. he's got to fund the operation and they supposedly have at least 25 or 30 employees so it's not it's yeah, not just yeah no it says i mean so I, I i give him the benefit of the doubt and he manages to entertain their commercials well but he is uh, who i condemn is trump because uh, trump is already grifting again and we just saw it i just wrote a Substack uh today about uh trump and biden in wonderland and uh and talking about, uh, I didn't mention the money part there, Trump, but I mean, this is getting ridiculous. Trump uh, yeah. found <laughs> prosecuted for January 6th. Against him. They're basically, they're, they're basically for all intents and purposes, they're now making it illegal to question that election. No right. other, because, and, and, and again, this, this is what I talk uh, I mean about Trump. What would the reaction have been when Trump was president, if his justice department had gone after his chief rival and the Trump is Biden's chief rival, supposedly, so here he's being prosecuted nonstop. If Trump had gone after his main rival, Hillary Clinton, 
for complaining about that election because and they're still complaining about that and saying was it right, so it's just the, yeah yeah it's just the 2020 election every other election it's cool yeah uh, Stacey, Stacey Abrams, Abrams can, in Georgia, out, yeah, out of course in 2001. Yeah, yeah, they can. But I mean, so this is uh, this is very disturbing because they all, and that's why they've managed to keep all those January 6 people in prison for uh, two years now, over two years, because uh, they are they're, That's what they're doing. They're basically they were there protesting the results of an election. Apparently, you can't do that. Right. So supposedly, two children, Tim Ballard. Uh, Rescued from Columbia, we're actually in California, crossing the border into Mexico. Hmm. And he also said he did a lot of research on the sound of freedom. And Tim Ballard was giving Jordan Peterson a stream of bullshit. Um, uh, I don't know. It's I, it's a shame. I, I, I like Jordan Peterson somewhat. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, he's no, he's saying that uh, he that uh, that I guess Ballard. I, I I don't think he's bad. I think Peterson. He was saying that Ballard was giving it to him. I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Uh, and Harps, I guess, is leaving. I, I'm sure people are going to be leaving now because uh, Alan Bundy stood me up again. You know, it's the point where, like, I don't know, how many times do you get stood up by a date? You know, if you ask a girl out and they yeah. keep standing you up, I mean, at some point you're going to say, oh, there's Chris Graves in the chat. Chris Graves, you've been sent right. a link. We'd love Chris to have Graves you on now. the show because uh, you and John together can fill the shoes of Ammon Bundy. So if you want to jump in, uh, please do. The link's there. Uh, let me see here. And if Ammon Bundy comes on, then we'll all talk to him. But uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, maybe that'll happen still. White Wolf says the charity watchdog should be to believe Tim Bellard founding Operation Underground Railroad turned out to be a great career move. Well, uh, you know what I think of the, of the charities. I, I wrote all about them in Hidden History. And really the Salvation Army is the only big charity that doesn't waste all kinds of money on overhead and executive salaries and advertising and stuff. Uh, they were neck deep, and it seems that the orange Jesus is going to save us all. Gimmick. I'm not sure who Harlan you're talking about. The I don't know who he's talking about there. This is the uh, well, I, I guess um, Jim Caviezel. You know, he, I guess was was is a big Trump fan. Depends on how hot the date is. Jason Vargas says, "Well, yeah, Almond Bundy. I obviously think is pretty hot because because <laughs> you know, you know, he uh, you know he's a." Uh, He's a would be a nice guest to have. I'd love to have him. Lots of people know who he is. Harp says it's seven fifteen. And Harps, I appreciate you listening. All seven fifteen a.m. Bless your heart. And I'm really mad if you know if, if you got up that early just for Almond Bundy because I I don't mean to mislead anybody. I don't want false advertising. All I can do is tell you who's scheduled to be on the show, and uh, yeah, you got me. We'll see what the excuse is this time. Um, Smoke says, uh, oh, good smoke. Good to see you, Smoke. I thank you for your support over in uh, Substack as well. <clears throat> Keep the comments coming in the chat because we can respond to them. Caviezel was calling Donald Trump the Moses that will shut down the traffickers. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too, White Wolf. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw that clip. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah, and he was calling himself Jesus, wasn't he? I mean, that was pretty ridiculous. Well, he was I mean. alluding to it that, like, once Trump gets in there, he's going to arrest all the traffickers and right. motivated and it. Yeah. This time he'll do it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, if we even get to the election where he's able to be the nominee, really, at this point. Pat the Plumber, that's a new name. Good to see you. Uh, Harlan, some of the Alex and the Pillow guy. Well, Mike Lindell is another guy that uh, he needs to ask for money because the poor guys, uh, I don't think he can sell my pillow anywhere yeah, now. I mean, going out after him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're Walmart, all the, all the, uh, 
the uh, stores, they won't, they won't stock his product anymore. And again, it's all just because he disputed the election yeah. because that's basically become illegal. Yeah, well, and people like find flaws with maybe supporting Lindell or something. Who would you rather support maybe uh, if you want to buy a pillow? Somebody like Mike Lindell or a company like Target or something who uh, got in trouble with the with the uh, tucking stuff, with the kids' clothing and all the craziness, like a big company like yeah, Target or Walmart? Target. Would yeah. you rather support them or somebody like Lindell? You know? Yeah, I mean, even, 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 even though he's like a goofy grifter and we can laugh at him he, sometimes, he, he, he yeah. seems somewhat authentic and well-meaning. I don't know. I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Lindell. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous that he's still supporting Trump, but uh, I guess Trump's been good to him as well. But uh, he doesn't seem evil, at least. <laughs> no, he has. He's something about him where he yeah, you know, he, seems, he kind of gives you a wink as he's maybe you know selling something. Seems like maybe a buffoon or a goofy guy, but a fun-looking guy. Harps, don't tell me the Salvation Army is corrupt, too. I don't want to hear that. He's basically saying what they did with the breast. I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, I'm still looking and see. Uh, still nothing back from uh, Amon Bundy. I don't have his phone number, so waiting for email. Waiting for Chris Graves to show up. Hopefully he does. He was in the chat, so we'll uh, – still up and going to bed. Night all. Good night, Harps. Thanks for thanks night, for making the effort, man. I'm sorry. And if Amon Bundy shows up, I'll uh, – Give him hell on your behalf from the land down under. Kiana Nada says, my aunt was a total Q-tard. Well, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of them there. Too, yeah. <laughs> Apparently Jim Caviezel still is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I, I want to bring up, too, is we're talking about Q. I saw Roseanne was recently on Tim Pool, and she mm -hmm. was quoting a lot of the, the most uh, <laughs> radical, crazy Q stuff, saying, that there will be military tribunals by the end of the year yeah, yeah. saying it with a certainty. And when you get somebody like Roseanne Barr to say that, uh, it certainly at least, you know, caught my attention. It was pretty goofy, but yeah, she's, uh, she's, <laughs> I think she's in that Q world and that's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Very hey, wait, but yeah. When you make a uh, prediction like that, I don't see how, <laughs> Well, they've made so many. I mean, according to them, Trump, while he was president, that Caviezel was saying when he becomes president again, Q was saying while he was president that behind the scenes, all these child traffickers are being prosecuted. And, and Hillary, there was talk about Hillary being on a, in a secret trial. She was being, I mean, yeah, just ridiculous really stuff. Hillary's I mean, really somehow... somehow this, I mean, I'm not saying they can keep things secret that they, anything secret oh, yeah. that they want. But um, and check it. Uh, what is that? Check it out, dude. Says ask Bundy why he couldn't find an attorney to help him out with his sixty thousand plus people's rights organization. Well, I, I, that's what we're looking for. Questions like that. If he comes on, but uh, at this point, it's not looking too good. So I hope he does. And uh, but you know, in his behalf, uh, Lisa Belanger, she's still there. Can certainly tell you about the lack of uh, good employees. I mean, good attorneys that are out there that are willing to take on uh, uh, things like that right. or to represent people like the Bundys. So I think that's the, that's the problem. At least that's the excuse they're making why Trump can never find good lawyers too, but right. Unless they're well, you would think the, part of the show as well. So. You'd think the president of the United States ought to be able to do a little better than that with his money, but. Uh, or Alex Jones is a, uh, Lawyer Alex Jones is, yeah, I mean, his 
face. They the, these people are the worst the attorneys. Ridiculous. <laughs> thinking Dino. Right. Well, and Trump. Trump has this one Alina or something. This new young girl who apparently found in a New Jersey garage, from what I've heard. I mean, I again, I, I you'd think that a president of the United States could could get a better attorney than that. But she's just ridiculous. She, she, uh, the other day, she supposedly, uh, she basically said he actually lost the election, which is his. That's his wow. main defense, isn't it? I mean, yeah. this is he. This he's just giving ground for no reason for them. Yeah, Jason Barker, good to see you here. Where's the due process and fast trial for the J Sixers? It's a message to the rest of us to play. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's my point. Totally my yeah. Substack article, everything that Trump is being, <clears throat> Trump is being is is being. Whatever the reality these trials are, and I think they're all show, but uh, it's symbolically us. You know, this, this, they're they're putting us on trial, and that's what they're doing. And so we're they're just showing that hey, you know, we're dissent will not be tolerated. Uh, Tim Ballard was asking about Muhammad Ada's operation in Mexico. That was when I started to smell a stench. You know, that's okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And now, now I don't. I don't think I want to see the movie. I mean, because I'm hearing so many things about it. Yeah. I, I, I want to see it still, but I want yeah. to see what everybody's talking about. Certainly, it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah, in the world we're in. Pat the plumber says, "Have you ever been on probation in America? You know the Salvation Army is corrupt. Uh, I never have, but uh, I'll take your word for it. I, I don't, and that's that's sad because I mean the Salvation Army is the only one of those outfits that uh, I think they were paying the CEO fourteen thousand dollars a year, and they were the only ones that didn't have this." ridiculous certainly the united way and the red cross are the, the worst of those but uh they're the only ones that didn't seem to have that so that's that's sorry i'm sorry to hear that tim Ballard cannot tell us what really happened to 9 11 he does not deserve the time that well um i don't know if 9 11 is his main issue but yeah i mean he could he, yeah he, he could just he uh, yeah, again a lot of these guys are uh are incredibly naive they may not be that conspiracy research especially about the conspiracies yeah. of uh 9-11s now over 20 years ago and you know. yeah good to see tom cooper in there but while sure. we're on that uh did you uh, see vivek ramaswamy he actually made a interesting comment that the mainstream media got on him about uh he said alex alex stein asked him uh do you uh believe the 9-11 commission uh report and he said, no, I, I have lots of questions about 9-11. Wow. He, he gave a vague answer, but he said, no, he has questions. He's not sure what happened. He thinks basically the government's somewhat suspect. So, <laughs> and, that got, and apparently the next day there's all these mainstream media articles uh, attacking him that he, that he basically questioned 9-11. So. Wow, that's so incredible. That, yeah. And that's he, he, did, he, he did it in a vague way, but he did it as like a signal that that he certainly has questions about it. So, yeah, I'm. I am. Uh, I'm just texting Chris again. Um, okay, see if he gets it. Um, actually, I didn't. I, I thought I texted him before it didn't go through, but uh, uh, maybe Trump will lead the Marines into Washington after election. Stolen once. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this. I mean, yeah, a lot of this is a psyop with Trump and. Right. Unless they decide to somehow really rig things and have a an absurd, uh, you know, uh, like Nikki Haley or somebody that they yeah. love or pets in there. And, that, and I again, I said Trump was the last Republican president. I stand by that. I don't think they're going to have another Republican president. Q World is like a gambling addiction. Jason Barger says they just <laughs> keep putting good money 
after bad for a false hope of winning it all back. Well, that's pretty much true. And, uh, well, at this point, too, they're, they're almost like the people defending uh, COVID and the vaccines. They're so vested in, um, you know, they would look they would have so much egg on their face at this point if they uh, there's really no good way for them to. Because, I mean, all the predictions they made, all the assurances that these things are going on behind us, all the two more weeks stuff. I mean, how many times did they say that? Right. So yeah, I, uh, I never, I never got into Q during Trump's administration because I always looked at it like it's this nebulous thing where this anonymous person is making all these promises and none of them were really coming true, anyway. So. Yeah. Exactly. And Harlan says he can't help but feel a little bad for the my pillow guy. I mean, I mean there's something yeah. about something about him that uh. I don't know. The guy he seems likable personally. Yeah. He just, he just doesn't seem like a criminal guy to me. I mean, I, I don't right. know. And <laughs> Maybe he's just a really and good considering guy. how most of our billionaires are. I mean, that's a big win in it in of itself. <laughs> yeah. If, if his story is remotely true that he went from crack addict to that, I mean, I am always skeptical of yeah. those kinds of stories, I mean, but he's been redeemed some. Yeah. I'm sure it's somewhat true. It could be some, at least. Yeah. Oh, Chris says we'll be here in a minute. Good job, Chris. All right. We, we, we need an we need an injection of Chris Gray's. Chris Gray's is from the bullpen. He'll be coming in. Uh-huh. We're bringing Chris Ray. Chris Gray's warming up the bullpen. We'll have him in a little bit. Uh, White Wolf says we'll we'll get canceled for being anti-Semitic. I don't know. Like, about 9/11. Yeah. I get, yeah. I don't. They, they they say that for everything. Yeah. yeah I mean, how? <laughs> Even if you don't bring up. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, it, nobody's mentioning Jews about 9/11, yeah. and you're still called anti-Semitic. It's like, what? So you're saying that the Jews did it? I mean, I don't. What do you? It's like I remember the uproar when the the la- the latest King Kong movie came out several years ago. Uh, John and I went to see it when he was young, and uh, the uh, you had all these ridiculous black groups. That uh, caused an uproar, saying it was racist. And the saying, two thousand five one. Yeah, yeah, and really? I said, yeah, and I said, I remember saying at the time, it's like well, two thousand five. Yeah. So what? What are these black groups saying that yeah. that King yeah. Kong is supposed to represent blacks? Yeah. I mean, the people just think a giant ape it's was, a, was it's black. One guy? of the most iconic animals yeah. in the jungle, gorilla. Yeah. I mean, they're, the, they're they're the ones being racist then. Yeah. Yeah, they're the ones. I mean, they're who who is going to see King Kong and seeing a black walking around? <laughs> yeah. First of all, you'd have to be thirty feet high or whatever. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Pat the plumber says, anybody have any opinion besides complacency for the willing of why we have useless security guards who do nothing everywhere? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. You just mean general security guards? Well, I can tell you when I worked. Uh, in a hospital, yeah, the security guards were worthless. Definitely, they—I uh, knew ones that got beat up by escaped psych patients pretty bad, and things like that. And uh, they weren't because uh, basically, mo- in most places, security guards are people who want to be cops that didn't make it for whatever reason. So you also find, like when I worked at that hospital, you would have the cops would come in, work a night shift in the middle of the night, and they'd come in and get all kinds of free food and coffee and everything, and the security guards would. Uh, would come and worship them. I mean, they would, they would be like their fan club because they were saying, tell us what's really going, you know, they, they give them stories of what's going on out in the streets and everything. And um, so I, you know, they don't get paid. Yeah. Most security got jobs. It seems like, yeah, they're paid on the, the rare instance, something horrible happens. And most of the time they just sort of do a lot of standing around. Right. Well, that Pat, Pat, the plumber. 
Pat the Plumber says they're on their phone, bullshitting yet. Well, <laughs> Pat, I think it's just because we just said I don't think I don't think most cops. Yeah. I've thought but most yeah, cops are not in shape, church. and they're they're not capable of uh, responding to real criminals. That's why they attack the elderly and kids and stuff like that because they're not they couldn't take on a gang member or Hell's Angel or something. They couldn't do it. Uh, so certainly security guards couldn't. So I think that's why they're there to. Uh, uh, they will hassle maybe and harass somebody that you know, is vulnerable or something, an old person or a kid or something, you know, but they might try to throw their power around. But, and again, I'm sure they're, they're good well, security talking, guard. Yeah. If we're talking about private security or, or police officers, it seems a little different, but yeah, yeah, no, but, but I some think, private security jobs, they may just need security for the building. And there may just not be any danger most nights, obviously. Right. Right. And if, uh, it might if, just be a boring, boring job. That it is a job or whatever. Yeah, and I, and I think the ones that the, the, they give the, the armed security guards a little different story because then they, uh, you know, they could be dangerous. White Wolf says Jason Barker, the Q world is like the people still wearing masks and on their sixth booster just cannot admit they were wrong. Yeah, that's true. right. Yep, that's what it is. Harlan says, "Preach it, Jason." There's Karen Carpenter. Good afternoon, Karen. Let's see what else we have here. Karen had a grandson earlier. So I, John will tell you how much I want grandkids. So congratulations. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. I envy you. I want grandkids. White Wolf says, hey, if you want to have me on, we can hate on the cops. Hey, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's uh we're waiting for Chris. Let's have White Wolf on too. Hey, um, Tony. Can you, uh, White Wolf, do you have, can you uh, send me uh, your uh, your contact info in private chat? I'll have Tony send you the uh, link. Or if Chris knows, if Chris is coming on, if Chris probably knows, I think he's, hasn't he had you on? I'm not sure. Um, we'll figure out a way, sure. Let's see what we have here. In the real world, stay there. Yes, sir. Little redhead camera. Well, good, good. That's congratulations. Um, so that's you know the big story this week. I think was uh, was the uh, I guess Trump's uh, indictment yet again, and the fact that you know, we keep hearing this stuff about seems to be a lot more evidence against Joe Biden, but uh, nothing seems to happen to him, and it doesn't seem to matter. What happened to those tapes? I, I wrote an article for American Free Press. Uh, uh, it's been over a month ago about how the Republicans in Congress were talking about all these audio tapes that exist of Joe Biden basically being caught in incriminating tapes uh, regarding, you know, this money, financial shenanigans in Ukraine. What, what happened to them? Now, I know they're trying to block them and everything, but where are they? A white wolf says, a tar a, well, I don't Angry, Angry Targer's doing his own show. I don't know. Uh, hmm. uh, I don't know. Let's see. To Tony. Do you have Tony's contact info, White Wolf? If you do, we can, uh, you know, we can send it to you that way. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know we would, uh, you know, we would need guests here. Tom Cooper, good to see you. And Chris said he'd be here any minute, so he's Chris. That must be with Ammon Bundy at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Chris and Ammon Bundy is, are doing. Uh, Digging with Chris Graves for one of his many shows. I don't know where are they, but uh, so we'll get. Yeah, White Wolf. I saw. I watched White Wolf on Angry Tiger, and I certainly love Angry Tiger. 
I emailed Wise Wolf. Okay, good. A few months ago. Okay, Tony, um, if you're listening, White Wolf, and we're talking to the Wise Wolf, Tony. Wise Wolf, you should have to uh, White Wolf's email, he said. And uh, if you can find that and send him a link, we can get him on here too, because he was talking about coming on too. And I, I enjoyed your uh, appearance on Angry Tiger. We were watching it and uh, that was interesting. And White Wolf has always has some interesting stuff to say. And he always has his signature line is pray for us. Our lady of Fatima, you are our only hope. And I'm hoping to get somebody on. And you, you can discuss that as well. I'm hoping to get a couple of people on to discuss Fatima again. Cause I'm, uh, I'm interested in that. Karen says Ti tiger finished his show. So hopefully he'll, he'll uh, hop in the chat too. Maybe we can have him on as well, but um well, somebody, because I'm looking for any, uh, I just feel, you know, I, it's the fact that I'm kind of unprepared because I didn't, uh, I would have gotten some stories to talk about. So I'm doing this off the top of my head. Well, and John, well John can't you pull up the stories uh, on the computer like like we did a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I, yeah, cool. Well, let me, let me, but it's, I have, well, you have to talk while I'm doing that because I can't, I can't talk and search for that at the same time. So, okay. So go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I wasn't prepared to come on either. Actually, I just got notified about 10 minutes ago. But yeah, yeah. I guess the biggest stories are uh, the Trump indictment and that fiasco. And then, uh, you know, I, I saw a clip where uh, Trump was in the rain saying he's <laughs> pleading not guilty in this humorous way. So apparently he's, he's not he's not pleading guilty. So uh, the show goes on. You know, I'm somebody who's who's sort of like. Uh, my dad and a lot of people, I'm a Trump agnostic. I don't trust him completely and worship him, but at the same time for all our presidents and uh, people we've had, he, he, he was able to tap into uh, a certain, certain populist uh, wing of the country. And I think he really did wake a lot of people up too. So at least mm -hmm. woke them up to a small degree that the media is corrupt and is lying. And, and he, he was able to sort of help, uh, you know, uh, the public not have much trust in our mainstream media and institutions. And uh, some people yeah. will say that maybe is is bad, but others will say it's well-deserved and that they shouldn't really have our trust. And he, he yeah. helped expose, you know. Uh, JL6, uh, JL, I'm sorry, JLG72 says, Don, what's your take on the UFO hearings? Oh, oh there we go. There's, oh, BRV. Hey, Billy Ray. All right, Billy Ray. <laughs> What's going on, man? I was listening in. If if, if some, because I don't know if Tone, if Tone can make it, I think he's busy. So if, if somebody, uh, if you need me to add somebody, I can do it. But well, they, look, they, White White Wolf wants to come on. Do you have White Wolf's contact? I don't. Um, tell him to send it to me. What, yeah. Uh, what what's your you give? What's your email? White Wolf, listen. If you listen, give you. You want to give it out or not? Or just the Infinite Fringe at gmail.com. If you can send it there, I'll add him. Okay, you got it, White Wolf. Infinitefringe at gmail.com. We'll get you on oh. here. And Chris Graves is supposed to be here, but I don't know where he, he's apparently with Ammon Mundy. So this is the second time with Ammon Mundy, Billy Ray. I I, I don't know, man. I, everybody got all excited. Uh -huh. People were looking for it. And it's <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not hyping and it's not false advertising, man. He he told me last night, I'm literally looking forward to it. And he apologized so much the last time, said I'm, I know it seems unprofessional, but he had a death in the family. I understood Good it. Lord. So, Jesus Christ. God bless. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's lying, Don. I just think it's not working out. But. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. So I mean, hopefully, maybe he'll still come on, and you know, we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, 
All right. Let me go check. Okay, see. brother. I think thank you. Appreciate it, man. I'll add him in if anything. Okay. Thanks, man. Okay, man. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, JL six What what I think of the UFO hearings? Um, yeah, I mean, I I talk about this uh, a lot. I think I talked about this with Chris on uh, Chris Graves on the show we did. Uh, when was it recently? We did it a Monday or Wednesday, just the other day. So, but I, uh, you know, those of you who don't know, I haven't written the book on this unexplained phenomena yet, but I, I may at some point because that was my go-to. That was my second subject. Second only to JFK assassination that back in the day when I was young and reading books constantly, uh, I always had a UFO book uh, with me when I didn't have a JFK assassination book, sometimes both, but uh, very well read up on the subject. Eventually I just kind of got disillusioned with it because I, I realized that it, what, they weren't aliens, they're real, but they weren't aliens. And I think there's some kind of government psyop, uh, you know, and, and I, I really very skeptical of the fact that they're suddenly the same people that they ridiculed and, uh, you know, raked over the coals, ruined their lives for decades uh, for claiming they saw a UFO. Now, suddenly, the same media, the same science community is, is, is taking it seriously and Congress is talking about it. So what else can you think? Project Bluebeam. I don't know any other explanation for that. Uh, but they never seem to go through with the, you know, and say, have let's have the fake alien invasion. But it's, yeah. it's just hanging there. Seems like something they're planning, possibly. Yeah, yeah, it certainly seems like that. Uh, Prairie Fice says, uh, welcome, fellow deplorables from Western Canada. Good to have you here, Prairie Fice. Wonderful to have people from all over the world. Uh, Pat Plummer says he's in California. Theft is off the chart. They hire Okay, that's what you yeah. say. So, yeah, I can understand. Well, you know, they they pretty easily, the security just stands in front of the Home Depots. And okay, yeah. All the, well, Definitely. you know, they, they may be instructed to do that. Yeah. You know, because that um, – you know, they've all but legalized uh, shoplifting in California, which my question is, why would, how, how do they yeah. stay in business? Why how would anybody staying open? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would, why would anybody pay for a product if you, if right. you know, you're not going to prosecute it for stealing it? I mean, how, it's, are, they making, how are they making any money uh, countering, countering the people who are, who are stealing hundreds of stuff? It's, yeah. Cause I think, I think it's, if you steal up to a thousand dollars or something at one time, it's yeah. <laughs> Well, I, you know, you steal a lot of stuff to get up to that. But I mean, you, know, you go and get your big screen TV. Get, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, again, I think it's so. I, I don't. I guess my guess is secure. The security officers are told not to do it, and they. Or maybe, they're just cowards. They don't want to put their. Especially, yeah. I think most of the store security are unarmed security. So yeah, and why should they? Why they have to, yeah, yeah I mean, like, they're not it, even going to be backed by the cops. If I'm making probably, fifteen dollars an hour, yeah. tops. And uh, I, I have people coming in, and I don't know that they might not be armed right. themselves. Right. And so I'm going to take society collapses. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah. you're not paying me enough. You haven't invested me in some kind of career to, to yeah. risk my life or something like that. Uh, White Wolf says political atheist. Okay. Um, White Wolf met Gerald Salente. I'm not sure who you're talking about. No, who is uh, it? Gerald Salente has that line. He says he's a political atheist. That's oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I do say I'm a. Uh, a, a Trump agnostic, but I got that right. from John Barber back when Tr John Barber was a Trump agnostic. He invented the term. Great stuff. George Descascar, FK Jr. and the Israeli fiasco in the last couple of days. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I meant to tell you about that. Dad. Yeah, go I, ahead. I what else has he done? Yeah, that's a very cringeworthy uh, video. You're going to have to watch that sometime where uh, I believe he's on Jimmy Dore's show. And oh, I yeah. watched it. It's about a 10 minute clip where <laughs> Jimmy Dore's just sitting there shocked. He's sort of grilling him on. Uh, on Israel and, and, and 
you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. might as well be like the biggest Zionist or biggest supporter of Israel, where he's just saying like Israel can do no wrong and and just sounding like we've got to send the most money to them and, you know, that they can do no wrong. And, and it's it's pretty cringe. But I heard it, something. It, it doesn't seem authentic either, especially because half the time he'll say something like, uh, what was this thing where he said about uh, COVID that uh, COVID targets Ashkenazi Jews and uh, Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then he'll say, we got to, <laughs> we got to support Israel uh, no matter what. Uh, and way more than any other country. Billy Ray, uh, White Wolf said he sent you an email, so hopefully you get it. Uh, Karen says, my take is RFK Jr. has to bend the knee to Israel to have a chance to stand alive in the race. I, well, yeah. I, you know, I mean, that's I, what uh, he's making it seem like. I mean, I guess, but, and I don't, he really I, doesn't, he doesn't have, he really doesn't have to, of course. Today's Democratic Party, one of the good things about them is that they, uh, they are pretty much on the side of uh, the Palestinians, which I, I think anybody, a logical person would be, because I think they've been treated terribly there. But um, so I don't, I don't think he'd get to, I think he'd win some some people on the left, on the woke left, if he did that. So I, I, I don't get it. If I was, if I was uh, advising his campaign, that's what I do. Well, there's Billy, right? Did you, did you, he said, uh, he sent you an email, Billy. I get it. It's theinfinitefringe at gmail.com. I'm going to go over to YouTube and I'm going to drop it in there for you. Theinfinitefringe okay. at gmail.com. Okay. You got that white wolf up here. Okay. Uh, nice. Uh, white wolf says he's, he accepts a, a drone strike. <laughs> nah, nah. We're okay with that. Uh, Jason's with me on the UFOs. Serves best attraction. Yeah. Into, yeah. I mean, it's like, you I know. Agree. Hey, Don, real quick. Yeah. Um, on, on Sunday, Sunday night at 7 p.m., I'm going live on the channel. I'm going to start doing the prime time with Billy Ray Valentine before we launch on um, on Free World. I'm going to start doing them here on Rockfin. Okay. So at seven and at eight o'clock, we're doing a whole thing on the RFK Jimmy Dora interview because um, it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> I'm having a, a, my friend Seb's on. She is a beast. Uh, okay. So anybody that wants to tune into that, that's the second hour. First hour is going to be me ranting about Trump. So, okay. <laughs> now you must be happy, man. How, how, how much do you need? I mean, they could gather. They're, they're going to send him away if if it was. If this was not theater. Oh, that, if this was the, if it wasn't theater. Yeah, he would be sent away for like five thousand years because they keep every day. There's a new prosecution of him. I don't know what the hell they're going to get for him next. He's not going to jail. I'd love to no, see. Of him. course not. Of course he does. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys later. Excellent. Okay. I'm enjoying the show. Okay, right. man. Later, right. guys. Brothers Grimm said he just got show, got off work. He didn't feel hard. No, no. And, and unfortunately, our, our, our guest is not here. So hopefully he'll end up showing up, but we'll see. Hopefully we get somebody. I don't know where Chris is. Uh, look at the 2022 NDNA. Jason said they put in a new agency to handle UFO stuff. I think it's yeah. uh, an operation to funnel money into black ops. Yeah, similar. What, yeah, you know, definitely. That's yeah, definitely I mean, what it is. Yeah, well, it's you know, uh, it, it just I can't tell you. It's 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 it would be like if suddenly they uh, if they started uh, saying that uh, you started having all the media in Congress. Of, of course, Oswald didn't do it. It's it's tantamount <laughs> to that, really. You know that that they're because yeah. they're. How they this, used to always laugh at anybody who said a story, oh, I saw a UFO, uh, anybody in the middle of the country, they used to laugh at and say it's not possible and stuff. But now, yeah, yeah. now they're, yeah. Yeah, they would laugh at them. And 
Jacqueline sending positive energies from Newcastle upon Tyne. There you go. And in merry old England. So it's great. It's great to know that people are, are listening all over the world. And There's again, Chris. <laughs> there he is. Chris Graves, he, well, you beat Ammon Bundy here, Chris. I'll give you that. <laughs> you got stood up again, huh? I said, you know, I don't, I don't know how many times, you know, the dates, the, the, the girl's got to be pretty hot to keep getting stood up like this, you know. So I, I don't know. We'll see what his excuse is this time. But it's just, it's very disappointing because he, he said that he was looking forward to it. And, you know, I didn't have an alternative because I thought, well, he's definitely going to come after the last time. So. We'll see what he says. I sent an email to a reminder to him again today, and he hasn't responded. Yesterday he said he's looking forward to it, but he didn't respond. So it is what it is. So so how are you? I just talked to you a couple of days ago. We were, uh, what's on? What, what's going on with uh, you, Chris? What's what's in the news with you? Well, I just uh, <clears throat> just uh, doing some last minute uh, sound stuff for uh, my show in uh, fifteen minutes. And oh, uh, oh you oh, get this. Oh. Well, yeah, no, nothing that much. I just sent you that article about uh, the sound of uh, freedom, and I'm not shocked at all. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. been on that, and uh, obviously, uh, I tend to be trusting on some of these things. So I, I, I just shot because Caviezel, uh, yeah, you know, just you because know, I mean, this is a guy who's Mr. Catholic, and and I'm seeing that all the time. In fact, I saw what's his name. I'm going to tell you, John Andrew Tate, the other day. They're all yeah. doing that free Masonic yeah, thing yeah. where they hold that's their hands concern, like this. That's a concerning thing about Andrew Tate. Yeah, yeah I mean, they all he do it. During like, his whole interviews, yeah. Caviezel does it. He says a lot of great positive stuff, but it's like, why do you have to be showing the triangle during your whole interview? Caviezel does it too? I've seen I've him do seen it. him do it, but I, I've seen Andrew Tate do it. Oh, he's, he's, he's and I think there's he, White Wolf. that White Wolf there? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, White me. Wolf. There he is. What's going on? Like, good right. to see you. Oh, thank you. Nice to meet you. Also, we, we nice have a crowd here. So if Ammon Bundy comes now, boy. <laughs> but, uh, well, so White Wolf's always involved in the conversation. He's always got his uh, unique take, and he's uh, he has a good, a fine substack himself. Uh, talk about uh, you started your own substack, and I, I, uh, enjoy reading it so uh when, when are you going to get your own show i mean you're it's it's inevitable isn't it nah i uh i just enjoy uh getting getting the word out as best i can but uh i i'm really not grifting i'm really not in it for the the money or the popularity i just well there is no money there's money. <laughs> there's money in it i don't know where it is <laughs> Only the big people on YouTube, it seems like there's some, but yeah, there's some, but uh, not yeah, I, I still have a day job, yeah, right, yeah, we all do. So, what, what, so how did, how did you uh, come to this uh, world, White Wolf? Did you, uh, or our little uh, alternative conspiracy world, did, were you have you been awake for a long time, or did some, some event wake you up? Uh, well, as, uh, as I said on Angry Tiger, it was basically the Gulf War of 1989 that really woke me up. Mm -hmm. I, I could see how that was such a dog and pony show. And everybody's out there, oh, we got to tie a yellow ribbon on our tree and support the troops. Go, Joe. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was the television <laughs> war. It, it was the first war that was broadcast live. Yep, yeah. you could get your popcorn and root, root for the troops. It was like watching the Super Bowl. It, it was so... It was so uh, puerile, so pedestrian, so immature. 
and and yet people are dying out there. And, and we uh, and we and we we hit every target. It was incredible, all the strikes, and then later they found out what they like had this ridiculous rate where they missed almost every target. But uh, during the, it was that was it was pretty bad. You had every network. That was the first time, I think, where you saw uh, the the celebrity generals, the celebrity military people who in every channel, and would get up there and talk about how wonderful everything was going and how our military was perfect and supportive. Oh yeah, yeah. You started you started getting the. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I could see at that point that uh, politics was all theater. I, I know that I, I voted for George Bush in 88, and I held my proverbial nose after that. And uh, oh, I'm yeah. trying to get myself on the screen here. Usually I keep this uh, camera covered uh, so, so that the CIA can't watch my every action. But uh, Yeah. Well, you came to the right place for the CIA to ignore you. <laughs> They'll never find you here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and those of you out there, if you're wondering, if you've looked at, if you tried to find my book "Masking the Truth" on Apple Books for whatever reason, you'll be shocked to discover that uh, the list price for the ebook of "Masking the Truth" on Apple Books is nine hundred ninety nine dollars. So just part, part one of the little games they play with people out there, and the paperback is nowhere to be seen. It's also nowhere to be seen in the. Uh, World, uh, maybe you'll have some rich fan who won't want to support you that much who will buy it as a collection. Well, I, you know, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to get, <laughs> yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be hundreds of, 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 of books yeah, worth. On what they need, yeah. Yeah. Some eccentric millionaire, if you're out there and you just want to throw money away and help me out, then sure. Or buy, uh, Hey, Apple, uh, uh, but just get one, just give me the money directly. Why, why contribute to Apple books? But, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so what, um, so what are the other big stories guys? I mean, uh, uh, white wolf, Chris, Chris is only going to be here for a little bit. So I want to hear, uh, him, uh, what, what are you going to be talking about in your show today, Chris? Sorry. I had some background noise. Oh, um, well, I'm going to be able to stay, uh, about quarter past anyway, just because of some technical stuff I was just informed of. But okay. uh, now I'm going to be going over uh, a little mini tribute to the lead singer for the the grunge band from the 90s, Alice in Chains, Lane Staley. Okay. And uh, cool. I'm take some phone calls over at ocelli.com. And uh, cool. other than that, no, I'm trying. I mean, it's just so depressing, the, the news articles, man. Like, like, yeah. uh, I saw that Oliver Stone was like, was, I think he was going against how, um, or he was talking about how he regrets voting for Biden and that he thinks really <laughs> that yeah. Biden is going to start World War Three. And I'm like, well, if like, you, how you didn't like Obama. Yeah. Sorry, John. What? Yeah. I said, no, how, how is he not smart enough to, to, to vote yeah. for him in the first place? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just it is. It, a lot of you guys may be right. You know, many of you are more cynical than me. Maybe there's nobody out there that's because uh, uh, it's. I don't it, know, Don. I just have to question, like, if you have any kind of platform and yeah. look, at, look at what I'm not saying Oliver is, is this or that, but like that was he was allowed to make that movie that. Kind of yes, like with, uh, you know yeah. how people yeah. credit Alex Jones about oh Bohemian Grove you know that gave him a lot of credit so yeah. he, he was allowed to film that I, that's 
that's my and only thing. Yeah. You know, you should be able to trust somebody, but it just it seems like that's not not how things well, work. RFK Jr. is this, you know? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, he's host, but I mean, I won't tell it on the air. But John Barber uh, has a, a very not very pleasant story about RFK Jr. personally with him, and so I, I won't tell it. But it, and, and I have no reason to think John Barber's not telling the truth. So it nearly made me think. Okay, but he also has some, you know, some he doesn't like RFK Oliver. either, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it, well, and uh, well, Oliver Stone, uh, or as well, well, yeah, as well, yeah. But uh, but uh, but you know, so it's. In fact, we had to decide. I decided to not put something in the the book, uh, "Pipe the Bimbo in Red," which is written with William Law. That'll be coming out in time for the 60th anniversary, and uh, that's all about the uh, the Kennedy assassination. You know, the ground level conspiracy in new Orleans. But, uh, you know, I had information from Bar John Barber on, uh, how Oliver Stone treated Garrison's family, but I decided not to put that in there. Cause I'm hopeful somehow that, uh, you know, Oliver Stone may look at this book and be interested in it. So, um, yeah. you know, but it's, 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 you, sometimes you, you make your choice. Well, you had his son's <laughs> ear for a little while there, right? Sean. Yeah. yeah he I knew Don well. Yeah. I have to Don't try to get. Uh, like, so. Yeah, I, I emailed him once about masking the truth. I got to try again because his Sean Stone's presence has grown. He he wasn't that. For some reason, he wasn't getting much traction on social media before. But uh, so he he may be too big for me now. But I I, I would well, he think tends he tends to go to the more esoteric stuff rather than what his father or yeah oh what yeah he, you yeah. know what I mean he doesn't really touch on JFK and I mean he didn't really when I was. I sent you that question when he was on last time when there was all the technical issues. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. it was about JFK Jr. and he, you know, he didn't really seem to have an interest in that either. And uh, you know, so maybe he doesn't really maybe he's just more into I'm not gonna speak for him, but he's he tends to go on those shows on Rockfin that deal with like the esoteric stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, he always did you know, like that kind of stuff. So I'd be interested to see what he thinks of the UFO uh, thing as well, but um, you know, that's our world. And, uh, you, it's, it's frustrating for me with masking the truth. Cause I, uh, I, you know, Infowars had an interest. We'll see if they do it in buying hundred, at least I had to buy a minimum of a hundred copies to sell in their bookstore, which they did with hidden history. They did it with one of my other books. I think they bought 300 copies for that. So hopefully they do. Last time I checked, it wasn't in there yet. I don't know. But like I said, if they're, if they're not interested in the book, who would be? Really, I mean that's and that's the if I can't get these uh, alternative outlets, Stu Peters, and I, I know nobody, all these people, Jeff Rents really hates Stu Peters, by the way, but yeah. uh, you know they all hate each other, but yeah. they have big platforms yeah. and they should be interested and in this book. And they're not flyover conservatives was interested, but I haven't heard back from them. And then I had uh, uh, Chris, I didn't tell you, you know what I, what I was going on with Chris Wednesday right before I came on air with him and Ocelli. Um, I, I, got was, I was wondering about this. Yeah. Yeah. I got an email out of the blue from uh, Bill O'Reilly's people. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and they wanted, he wanted me to come on a show next Monday. And I'm thinking, how does Bill O'Reilly possibly know about me? I mean, that's, right. I mean, I, well, I, I couldn't even figure. Along. Yeah. 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 Where would he possibly, I, it made no sense to me, but so. He doesn't he want me, you to, he wants you to spin in that zone. Yeah. He, <laughs> and he wanted me to, uh, to discuss uh, the Biden scandals and is, is it Biden and Hunter and is the biggest presidential scandal? I said, okay, sure. I can do that. But uh, so then literally the next day, Laura Ingram style, 
they call back and say, well, actually we have a guest that night. Sorry, sorry for the inconvenience. We'll have you back in the future. But so I, but at least this time they responded back. So I emailed back and I said, okay, I understand. Uh, Just get back to me with when you, you know, with a, you know, an alternate date and said, we'll do Bill's going to be on vacation on Monday. So if I hear from her again, it'd be shocking. But uh, the fact that I heard from him at all was amazing because I didn't, you know, I didn't expect that, but um, you know, so you, you never know who you're going to hear from, but it's it's trying to, uh, to figure out why, you know, why that, why, and masking truth, they're putting up so many impediments, you know, to it as a, and I, you know, people, uh, white wolferies beyond Substack, a lot of other, it's very frustrating because uh, it's, I can't get traction in any libraries. I, uh, my friend Chris over there in Substack is that they did get it in one library in Oregon. So it's at least in one library somewhere. But uh, most of them are talking another library told them there that no, they're not going to stock the book because it doesn't have reviews or some nonsense. So, uh, <laughs> so all I can do is people, if you're listening out there, please keep trying to get your libraries to uh, it doesn't cost anything. And I'll, I'll get a, a, a sale from this. Is our friend Lisa said that's some epiphany from Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. about cynical. Lisa's pretty cynical too. Yeah. Karen says all the world's a stage. Well, it's weird that somebody who was so smart about JFK and seems seems just a, like a well-researched guy would trust that Biden would be a good president. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just seems bizarre. Yeah. And uh, Harlan says he's, he's he, he'll try hard to make Chris's Chuck show tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, Colin show on Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's promoting on John's show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And none of you suckers called the other night when I was on with Chris. We were expecting phone calls, didn't get a single AM phone call. Uh, I tried to I tried to watch it, but I couldn't find it. It was there was a mix up or something. Oh, okay. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> they said we could go back to twenty. Oh, hey, how, how did Tom Cooper get in there? Wow. <laughs> Billy yeah, sent me a link. I noticed Tom Cooper's there. Right on. That's Good awesome. To see you, Tom. Okay. I was wondering if somebody's going to acknowledge you. I'm sorry. Literally, I, I just you know I was I'm looking over here at the chat and everything. I said, "Wow, that's fantastic." Well, we got got a full house here. Jason says we go back to 2018 and make mask got masking the truth. It would have been picked up as a Hollywood blockbuster. It would earn to be seen to be fiction. But we didn't actually live well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it would have, but that that would be great if we had done that. Uh, yeah. but uh, Jason we says all star cast tonight. We need to get Jimmy Dore, like you on his radar. Like, I, I, I tried before in the past, but I don't yeah. know. What Jimmy, Jimmy, dude, Jimmy's problem is, is he's not big on conspiracy stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, he seems to not like to be labeled a conspiracy theorist, but the COVID, yeah, he absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he's he's had his producer went, uh. Uh, answered me and yeah. my publicist a while back. They've had survival of the riches for years. And, and Jimmy <clears throat> Dore was supposed to interview me on uh, the last two times when Jesse Ventura, when RT still existed here in Washington, DC was so legal in this country. I was on there, you know, the only sh- television show that ever had me on that Jesse was, I was on Jesse's two or three times and it was on with Sean Stone a couple times. But uh, the last two times Jesse invited me on, they canceled on me inexplicably. But one of those times, Jimmy Dore was going to be the guest host. So I was really looking forward to that because I was going to say, hey, did you get Survival of the Riches? And, but they canceled, and that's as, uh, as close as I came to talking to him. But, yeah, he should, he should be very interested in it. But uh, So I don't know. We'll see if you know, maybe the right person will hold it up or something. But uh, 
Email yeah. it to them. Well, I, ha I have. And, uh, oh, okay. well, I, I, I mean, I, I'll try to contact his producer again about this book, but just the fact that they blew me off about Survival of the Rich Side, which I thought he would love. Dude, that would be great, Don, if you could get on his show, man. A lot of people watch that show. Yeah, I, I well, I want to, uh, you know, whether uh, you know whether I can or not. Uh, Have any of the other hosts that I I sent like because I was at like I yes. was doing a thing where I would put your Twitter handle and yeah. uh, Amazon link to Masking the Truth, and I would at at like um, all the big you know the big wigs or whatever. And uh, did you hear from anybody? No, I haven't got that. That's the thing. So, like uh, that's what happens. My. Uh, uh, over uh, with the new book of asking the truth, the uh, the publisher sent out a bunch of stuff to people too, and uh, you know we don't get any any feedback back at all. So it's it's very hard. And uh, John Barber will tell you that where you know his book, which wasn't nearly as controversial, it's a showbiz memoir with some JFK stuff in there, and you know they uh, nobody got back to him. I mean, I, I tried also. Like he he was a film a full time film critic review for LA Magazine for ten years. They didn't get back to us. Uh, he was on K, uh, KNBC or KABC, one of the news uh, shows out there as a critic. Yeah. Never got back. These are people, places he worked. I know. And they're not interested in his book. They don't want to talk to him about it. So, and this is a guy that was big in Hollywood. He was Frank Sinatra's writer for years. So yeah. if he can't get it, you know how hard it is for me. So I don't know how these, and that's why uh, Chris and John certainly know my bitching and moaning a lot of times when I just, I wonder about the people that do get these connections in our world. Yeah, because I know how hard they are to get, you know, and and you you just wonder, you know, and you do unless it's you like money, okay. unless you got money behind you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know some of them do. This Karen, I didn't get. It looked like RFK Jr. suffering from a sex addiction in the past. Catcher got over the heroin. Well, that's what they say. You know, that South Park back when it was at its peak, they had a really great episode on sex addiction. Uh, they used Tiger Woods at it, and uh, it, it was great because they pointed out. It's amazing. I have the news report. It's amazing that uh, apparently, when when uh, men get a lot of money, they suddenly become addicted to having sex with other women. <laughs> and it was it, yeah. it, it was hilarious, but they had it right down pat. Now, I'm sorry, I don't think there's any such thing as a sex addiction. I think there's uh, if guys had the money and the wherewithal to do it, it's pretty much going to be a lot of guys are going to do that. I don't think it's something any metal is or something that they can't control. I mean. Bobby Kennedy's a Kennedy. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. So, yeah, I guess he would be addicted to sex because he probably has women throwing themselves at him all the time. Uh, Any word says, what gets it absolutely destroyed? Jim Fetzer on a flat earth debate. Hilarious how Fetzer just lies over and over again. Fetzer got offended at facts. Totally. I don't know where that came out of. Any word obviously is a flat yeah. earther, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, Fetzer, it's amazing. Fetzer's not willing to come out as a flat earther because he's, you know, he's a Holocaust denier. Paul yeah, yeah. Holocaust yeah. denier. Paul is dead. I yeah. He, we didn't. I think he doesn't think we went to the moon. So he's uh, yeah. Sandy Hook, all that. I mean, he's he's never lacked for trying to be controversial. So, but that's <laughs> like everything he can to be controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I've had my thoughts on Fetzer over the years. <laughs> yeah, and that's and I you know I was on Fetzer. I went and I appeared on his. Uh, thing i guess last november is zoom conference and uh he sang my praises and he told me how much he loved me haven't heard from him since yep. so that's that's and that's the you know that's the way this stuff works it's typical um yeah. 
You have to be a complete moron not to be a conspiracy theorist. White Wolf. Oh, what? Hey, wait a minute. So, wait a minute. So, oh no, White Wolf is still here, but he's still posting. <laughs> For a minute, I thought White Wolf is gone. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm hanging around. Expel. No, I'm sorry, White Wolf. Again, I just, you know, I'm getting caught up in this stuff. So, uh, so you, yeah, and you're right. I think you have to be a complete moron not to be. And a conspiracy, we need to embrace that and say we're conspiracy analysts. And uh, I, the way I handle it, I always say, Tell me what my theory is. You know what? What's my Tell theory? Tell me what isn't a conspiracy. Yeah. Right. What's exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> it just means two people that are getting together to do something nefarious. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> a court of law for you know whatever that's worth. Every day. Well, at this point, we're being gaslighted to the fourth power. That's yeah. that's what's going yeah. on. That they want our heads spinning. That we don't know which way is up and which way is down. Yeah. Yeah. Just like during COVID, remember one thing would be like, oh, wipe all your groceries down. And then the next minute it was, oh, don't wipe your groceries down. They're telling you to do one thing and then the next thing and you go, well, what, well, what is it? You know? Well, I was one of the lucky ones. I was not watching television during COVID. So I was blissfully ignorant of what was going on. I, I actually had no idea that, that you had to wear a mask when I was grocery shopping one day. And, uh, and I got kicked out of the store for not having a mask on, but at least they let me buy my groceries that, that I already had in the car. Did well, you follow the arrows down the, the aisles? Yeah, make sure you go the right way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but, but I boycotted that, that grocery store for the next six months, so I never saw the arrows. I, yeah. I've done all my shopping ever since at the, at the farmer's market where I don't have to buy poison. Yeah, nice. good 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 idea. Uh Billy Ray, Billy Ray using my using my name said Fetzer just had surgery. I didn't know that. So Fetzer's he's up there. He might be close to 80. I think he's in at least mid to late 70s. But uh so wish him well. Uh so, you know, Fetzer's he's a, he's one of those guys that uh I, you can't help but like him when you know him. And yeah, and you know, uh uh what's uh White Wolf says, you know, he says he's a CIA strikes me as a CIA show. You're not the first one to say that, man. I can I, I knew Fetcher uh, back on the JFK forums. He was very big back then. He was always getting banned constantly, and I was I was the only one that would ever defend him, and because uh, I believe in free speech. And he he was never that bad, but he was bombastic, and uh, he would attack. Well, what people. we have to keep in mind is that these CIA shows they're not monolithic. That they go out there and they. Uh, argue and have spats with one another, and, and I, I've seen that on YouTube, and and that gets you rooting for one or the other. Right. Th that's where you have to be careful. It, it would be great if the world was like a, a spaghetti western where you had the black hats and the white hats, but mm -hmm. that's just not how reality works. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he says, uh, check it out, dude. Says Almond Bundy's conspiracy theorist. He believes the CPS, local hospitals, judges, cops, and juries are all to get him. Sounds like my type of guy. I, I want to talk to the guy, you know, so uh, I don't know. Maybe one of them got him or something, but uh, yeah, because he's involved in another thing with the CPS and would have been interesting. So I don't know what to tell you, but at this point, I don't know if I can ask him on again because uh, I, I can't, you know. Third strike you're out or third time's the charm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I would, any word says he needs to check himself on flat earth too. Exactly. You know, it's a, uh, it's um. Yeah, I don't know why people still uh, – so many people that believe everything else. Like I, I would never – like Jeff Rents, I'm pretty sure, would, would poo-poo 
you know, flat earth. But I think rents is like uh, Alex Jones, where a lot of these guys really, they're big believers like in astronomy and the space program and that kind of stuff. So they, uh, although I, I don't know if rents believes in that, but uh, so they, I think it's hard for them to reject, you know, the scientific view. And, and if you come out as a flat earther, you pretty much have to do that. And uh, people don't know. So I, I, do we have any flat earthers in the panel today? Nope. Tom, wait, what? I'm not a flat earther, but I'm a geocentrist. There you go. Yeah, that's it. I, I pretty much. I, I, I don't know whether the Earth is is round or flat. I I mean, there's a. The only thing I can say is because cosmology is a lot more complex than than what we're led to believe, and uh, I'm familiar with the experiments that Aristophanes did in uh, 700 BC, where he took his uh, stick on both sides of the Mediterranean on the same day of the year and measured the angle and came up with a diameter of the earth of about 24,000 miles. And then he measured the, the alleged distance of the moon. But the, the question we have for Aristosthenes is, is the light traveling in straight lines? Or is there a lot of refraction going on up there? And you have to ask the same question to the flat earthers. Is the light that you see traveling straight lines or is it being refracted along the curvature of the earth? The, the problem is, is that we really have no way of, of checking that out uh, as far as the science of optics is concerned. And, well, and well I, I think that the, the, um, the strongest argument for the flat earthers is that, uh, that given our supposed technology, I mean, we can, uh, you look at the Hubble telescope and these pictures that they show of the Milky Way and the galaxies light years away and everything, that you can see these stunning pictures, you know, beautiful photographs, right? Supposed photographs. Um, why can't we, why can't they turn that telescope on the moon and zoom in and uh, let's show the moon landing sites or better, all the, all the uh, satellites we have orbiting the earth, why, why can't we have a, a live, uh, live view of the earth uh, rotating 24-7? I mean, like Universal Pictures, and you know, my friend Hibbler, Sean Hibbler, uh, uh, you know, he he mentioned that was a great line. He said, you know, if you go back, I'm I'm a big fan of Hollywood, and I didn't think of that. You know, it, it, when uh, Columbia Pictures first came out, that was the logo they chose, and it's very distinctive with a plane like circling the globe and uh, the, the globe spinning. Yeah. But at that well, time, I think I can answer that question because go ahead, answer for me. Years ago on SGT Report. They had Crow 777 on. Oh, yes. And, I remember. And he had these these uh, videos of where they were taking still shots of the moon, and you could see a ripple going across the face of the moon. Now, the only way to explain that ripple is the same way that some scientists were explaining it back in the 1950s, that the moon is a plasma field, and what you see when you look at the moon, you're actually looking at a reflection, just like you would be looking at a reflection in a mirror. And so if a meteor or something hits that plasma field and causes a ripple, it ripples through the reflection. That's the only possible explanation. And so you can put that together with everything we know about the moon landings being faked. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and, and then you start to form a picture. And, and as far as I'm concerned, if you look at the biblical cosmology, that there really hasn't been any scientific evidence to disprove anything of what the Bible says uh, about our world and about the universe. And, and so, quite frankly, I, I, I don't think that the stars are, are giant fireballs uh, 
millions of light years away or whatever. I mean, I used to be a big fan of astronomy back in the 80s. Uh, okay, I, I read every book on astronomy in our school library and also at the public library. I knew all about the Big Bang. I, I could have given a class on it when I was in high school. But, but now I subsequently can see how all of it's just simply based on mathematics. That, that there's no empirical data to, to support any of the cosmology that you see in these so-called astronomy books. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's what, that was my point about Hitler, that uh, he uh, he pointed out, again, the Columbia, Columbia logo, I think, was around in silent film day, so probably pre-1930. And that's a pretty modern-looking logo. I mean, at that time, I don't even know how many people accepted that view, that the, this is a spinning ball. But my point is that that's the kind of, at this point, if it, what we're told is correct and all these satellites are up there, um, why don't, why doesn't somebody set up a, like a 24 seven? I mean, that would be really cool. You know, instead of watching fish, you know, going around a, uh, in an aquarium, who wouldn't like to see 24 seven of the earth spinning? I mean, that would be really cool. We've never seen it. And it, it, this debate ought to be settled by now. I mean, it's ridiculous. All the spacecraft we supposedly sent up there, the unmanned craft, everything else. Why don't we, even from the moon, we have one picture that they, that they admit is supposedly is real of earth from the moon all the rest are cgi supposedly so why uh, why this it, it shouldn't even be a debate because we have supposedly gone into space and from space you get to a certain point out there you can see the entire planet let's see yeah it. but uh do you remember yeah. all those videos on youtube that used to show the the uh air bubbles and all of the uh videos from, yes. from the space station yes 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 I got one of you guys. Those videos have all been pulled by now, but uh, they used yeah. to be up there. I think and, the uh, I, I think the word was getting out. What if it's round and flat? Huh. Well, hey, it could sure. be. Oh, yeah. You know what I, mean? think, I think I think most flat earthers actually would say that it's probably you know the shape is round, but it's just flat. I mean, I I, I don't know that I accept flat earth. There's probably the ice wall and all that, and uh, North Pole versus South Pole. There's something weird is going on in Antarctica, but. They it just in my mind for many years, uh, I, I just have a hard time believing we're on a giant whirring ball that's spinning this incomprehensible speed, rotating and spinning and whizzing through space at another incomprehensible speed, and we're completely unaware of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, and, and, I, I, and everything is usually gravity. My gravity. Okay. Well. Well, well another thing that they. Uh find hard to explain is that if everything is whizzing around at all of these great speeds, how come over hundreds of years, uh, scientists have been looking at, the, well, allegedly looking at the stars through their telescopes for about 300 years now, and uh, they've noticed no refraction among the stars. They've noticed no stars moving closer together or further apart, that they've noticed no shifting of the constellations. And, and so on and so forth. How come none of that has has been documented or, or going on? That's that's a big question you have to ask all these modern astronomers. Sure, and and I I just uh, you know when your when your answer to everything is okay, how does it, and it's a very you know the the, uh, the round earthers say well you you think we're just a boat just goes off the edge? I mean that's what they told uh, you know suppose back in Columbus's day we hear. But uh, I think people can logically say in terms to the round earthers, to the, the globe theorists, um, 
how does that water stay on? How, how do these huge bodies of water stay on it? And, you know, without flying into space and their, their answer of course is gravity. And then you can easily rebut them by saying, okay, so gravity can hold down these huge bodies of water, but it can't stop a butterfly from flying. It can't stop birds from flying. How does this thing work? But that's their answer is gravity because Sir Isaac Newton, you know, an apple fell on his head in a tree. You know, I mean, that's, you're supposed <laughs> you're, to understand that. Okay. Talking, I mean, you're talking about the global, well, global gravity global is right? real enough and gravity is empirical, but, uh, we really don't know what, whether gravity is a, a force being exerted upwards or downwards. I, I mean, I, I've, I've done enough physics and ballistics to know that, that yes, gravity works and yes, gravity can explain how the water stays down and the butterfly can go up uh, as, as far as that's concerned. Um, but it's working off of a lot of assumptions. One, one of the assumptions is, is that the, uh, the gravitational attraction is due to the mass of the earth. That, that, that's just simply an assumption that's never really been proven. Yeah. Well, that's, and you know, I, I think it was Karen uh, in here that, that also mentioned the entrance at the poles. I mean, I, I'm also open to the hollow earth theory as well. I just think that uh, their theory, what they're saying, because we know, we know they fake the moon landings and anybody has any doubt read, uh, you know, uh, wagging the moon doggy. Dave McGowan, and uh, you'll remove all doubt. There, we didn't go to the moon. The entire thing was fake. So if they went to that extreme to do that, um, okay, what, what well, else? Well, yeah, um, I remember that uh, that that idiot scientist that, that they have. I think he's on CNN. The the I can't remember his name, but but I remember him saying that that the reason we had the the, the shadows crossing uh, the, the the moon lander was because of Earth shine. And, uh, and it's like, that is so ridiculous. It's like, go out someday on a, on a clear afternoon when both the sun and the moon are in the sky and see if you can see crossing shadows of the tree from the, from the sun and the moonshine. It's, uh, it, it's just absolutely absurd what, what these people say. And, and that's what gives the whole game away. That, that plus NASA saying, oh, we lost all the telemetry of the moon landings. It's it's like yeah we can go back on the internet and uh, and and know what you were typing in 1994 but uh, we've lost all the telemetry to the moon landings. Right, right. We lost the original tapes too. Like we you know, we, just, we didn't think they were important to preserve. You know, it's just the greatest accomplishment in the history of mankind. Yeah, we can't find the tapes. You know, had to record an episode of the Flintstones or something. Uh, Chris Buckin thanks uh, says uh, he's the, uh, the person that ran against Debbie Wasserman Schultz and is alleging. Uh, uh, election fraud. Uh, wow. Well, good luck there. You could, the person could get thrown in jail. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But send me his contact info. And uh, Karen says she actually thinks they're a lot more underground than above natural. And I have a book of Hollow Earth that I read a long time ago. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Again, the, all this stuff is that, makes... Is that, is that the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I forget the guy's name. Uh, I have it somewhere. In my, in my, in my extensive library. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, any, any word, you, you're a man after my own heart. It all comes down to hiding the ether. Yes. The ether, you know, at one time that was, it still makes more sense to me, the ether. I don't really understand it altogether, but it's basically like the substance that's everywhere. I think Wilhelm Reich tapped into that when he was, uh, if you were, uh, there's another guy, I think they killed the government killed. Uh, he had a, uh, 
he basically claimed he discovered a substance called orgone, which is released during orgasms. I mean, it sounds crazy, but yeah. he supposedly cured cancer and mental illness and he built orgone accumulators and they threw him in prison and uh, burned all his papers like Nikola Tesla after he died. So, uh, cause it worked. <laughs> you know, probably, you know, if he's just a crank, but you know, mass psychology of fascism, one of the great books uh, that he wrote the, uh, a long time ago. So, so orgasms can fix the ozone layer. Is that what you just said? <laughs> I'm off of that. Right. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. You think <laughs> it's like, suffering. more power. Yeah. Tell you, well, the sex addicts ahead of thing, I guess, but uh, <laughs> Harlan thinks it's round or half round because I've been in too many locations too many times. Yeah. What do you know? They're, uh, I think it's trapezoid. They, they make a, uh, they make a point is like, as I understand, even when they breed bridge, when they build bridges, they don't, uh, they, there's never any accounting for the curvature of the earth. And I don't understand how that can be because if there's a curvature and you'd think on plane flights, wouldn't they have to make a, there, but you talk to pilots and everything there, apparently they know they never make any accounting for the curvature of the earth. And I, I, I don't know, again, I'm not a scientist, but that to me seems a little strange that you would have to account for it or wouldn't you just fly out into space? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer that. Well, I do know that if you have a long enough plumb bob, you, you can you can measure the convergence of the lines, and they do converge to a point uh, four thousand miles below us. So, for what that's worth, yeah. Well, and and there's you know, uh, and Karen asks, so why can't we fly over the poles? Yes, and how about Admiral Byrd's journal appearance on TV? Yeah, you know, Admiral Byrd. Uh, uh, the greatest, uh, Richard Byrd, one of the great, probably the greatest explorer, you know, universally considered that. And you can still watch on YouTube. It was still available uh, where, yeah. And you can uh, look at his an early appearance on TV and he got, he had just got back from the South pole and he gushes over the, how they found uh, yeah. a landmass. I think the size of the United States or larger beyond the poles yep. with enough natural resources to last us forever. What happened to that? He died shortly thereafter that. His son died mysteriously later, too. I talked to his grandson, I think it was, uh, maybe seven, eight years ago or something. And uh, he I was- I think that's where the Breakaway Society actually went, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, it could be. And, and, but he he, uh, he was unaware of any of this stuff, or at least he said he was. Uh, and then he never got back to me, and I was unable to get a hold of him again. He did talk to me once. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's all interesting stuff. Uh, the higher side chats that uh, Karen Carpenter says have great interviews about Oregon and Cuba. I, I don't know that Greg Carlwood on the higher side chats, he had me on once, maybe twice, I think only once years ago. And, and people have uh, keep telling me and they keep telling him to have me back on, but he hasn't. I don't know why he doesn't want to discuss masking the truth. Uh, our friend Popeye should have me on too. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I said that to him too. He was one of the ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, John, John Bicycle said we, the, the, it's not the North Pole. I think it's the, the Antarctic, the South Pole, where they claim that there's a no-fly zone there. It's Something a military black. It's like a black thing on a Google Earth. <coughs> the black yeah. site. You can't access what it looks like. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, It's illegal to go there, too, I believe. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, they, they signed a treaty, and it was not far, a lot long after the Adam Bird thing, too, which makes... Tell me the most glaring piece of evidence is they can't calculate how to get through the Van Allen belt with all this modern artificial intelligence. And that's everybody loves it. And that's uh, everybody hates Raymond. 
<laughs> during with the ridiculous space station, which is nowhere near space, by the way, but uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, up there rotating, the, you know, circling the Earth, supposedly. Um, <clears throat> they uh, at one point some years back, uh, they supposedly came dangerously close to the Van Allen radiation belts and they had to pull back for fear. Well, <laughs> again, we supposedly went through the Van Allen radiation belts, what, six times? Uh, so, again, how did that's the kind of things that make you scratch your head? You know, I don't know if they're real or not. The Van Allen radiation belts could be bullshit too. I don't know, but if they are, all that film, all the film that survived, right? Yes, Karen Carpenter, Lawn Jeans was the sponsor. Yes, it was Lawn Jeans was a big sponsor. That but go find that, and um, it's very interesting uh, stuff. And I wish I, I would love to have Admiral Byrd's grandson on, but I he never got back to me. So. Uh, so anyway, so what what uh, what's what else is on your Tom Tom? What's new with with you? What are you guys working on? You and Chris? <laughs> um, well, we kind of had a, a little mix up. Chris got um, I got Dana on this weekend, and Chris got Adam on. So I don't know. We might be having them both on. <laughs> Dana Duda, right? Dana, yes, he, yes she's sir. A, she's uh, she was a, something. Yeah, she's a good she's a good person to have on, Don. She's yeah, no, super I've, smart. I've got a kind of Chris. Chris sent me her. Uh, phone number I, i've got to get a hold of her but yeah that's uh i'll have to have her done because uh, uh i don't know I'm, she won't uh, stand you up no she won't <laughs> I, no don she will definitely not do that to you that's for sure you're she's you're on her list so she was super stoked to know that you were coming on the show with her so well i'm amazed because i just you don't you don't uh you don't find many young women like that today that, uh, I mean, what, what was her, but basically wasn't her premise that women should stay in the home or something. I mean, she was sitting there saying, wow, you got to be popular in your community. But, uh, I think that's fantastic, you know, to, uh, to go against the grain like that. But, uh, well, well motherhood is a wonderful vocation. Absolutely. Well, sure. Of course it should be. It's, it's one of the best, I think. Essential. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, why would women want to go out into the dog eat dog business world? That they don't know how good they have it, right? No, it's it's crazy because they've managed to uh, they've managed to convince women that their uh, the go to move in life is to try to get as far as you can in some soulless company. It's going to oh, be and uh, everybody hates Raymond had a good comment up there about the Van Allen belts, and mm -hmm. uh, the thing about the Van Allen belts is that's. Uh, that's what Joe Altwell would call a limited hangout. That, that that's mm -hmm. something that they completely invented, but yeah. but yet they use it in, in order to uh, create confusion about the moon landings and and right. and, uh, and and to create uh, confusion overall. I mean, that's how these people roll. And, right. Uh, well, that's, yeah. They don't want you to, to get to the absolute truth and and get to the bottom of the rabbit hole, and so they have all kinds of uh, sub narratives spinning around. I mean, just look at the JFK assassination. That's a perfect example. Sure. Oh, exactly. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's so many, and, and, and that you're exactly right. That's what I said. Even if they exist, and that's, uh, you know, because uh, that's exactly the point. If you, because you've got to buy into their, uh, their scientific narrative to begin with. Like, it looks like we lost Chris. Now we lost John earlier. John, thanks for coming on. No, son. Chris is still there. He's just, well, he has still his camera there. off. Still got people around me. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good to see you're still there, Chris. But, uh, so, uh, so what else, Chris, what, what are you, you and, um, 
you and Tom, what do you guys have coming up on hanging with Mr. Cooper? Anything? Uh, you said you might have two guests this week. Are you anything planned in the? Uh, the 19th, I have um, a gentleman coming on. His name is Ryder Lee. He just made a new RFK document. Uh, yeah, document it's, J it's JFK, I believe. Yeah, JFK, I've, I've sorry. Yeah, yeah I get those mi mixed up. Um, so yeah. he's coming on the 19th. Yeah, well, I, I, I uh, was I talking to you about him, Chris, about Ryder Lee? Yeah, he's uh, communicated with me back and forth. He was on with Sam Tripoli. Uh, I think the uh, the new movie goes into how JFK possibly uh, faked faked his death. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That, yeah, yeah, that's and that's that's what I because I people have asked me about that, and uh, I I don't want to get and I think he probably uh, he's probably one of the people that uh, used the JD Tippett thing where uh, JD yeah, Tippett that's in there really, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry, man. I mean, Tippett, Tippett did not look like <laughs> Tippett just looked like a good old boy cop. I mean, he didn't look like JFK, but uh, not that much like him anyhow. But it's, uh, but it's it's against, uh, and that's that's why I don't go too far down the Miles Mathis hole because uh, I spent decades researching the JFK assassination, so I'm not willing at this point to say that was a hoax too. Because right. once you start saying, once you get to that point, then you basically, and I, I've tried to establish if Miles Mathis would ever come on the show, but he doesn't do interviews. Uh, so he's a legend in his own mind. He thinks but, you're a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm not, I'm not real anyhow. So, but, um, you know, I, I would like to ask these guys what exactly, what do they think is real? Because, I mean, and I, I have, you know, I'm sympathetic to that view because I think a lot, there's a lot of theater and I don't know what's real sometimes, but, well, well they do do substitutions all the time. Uh, yeah. I, I, I got a very interesting email for uh, a few weeks ago about uh, the Beatles being a complete Tavistock operation. Oh, yes. yes and yeah, they show good. how they rolled out a fake Paul McCartney, yeah. I think in 1967, if I can recall. Yeah, he supposedly died. And, and uh, the, those of us who are very knowledgeable about Our Lady of Fatima know that they, they rolled out a fake, quote, unquote, uh, Sister Lucia, after she did a, a very famous interview with a priest in 1957. And uh, and so, yes, they, they do the substitutions all the time. And whether or not uh, JFK faked his death, I, I've heard that, uh, well, Jimmy Carter was really JFK, but uh, I've never really seen anything to totally substantiate that. Yeah, I think it just I, kind of goes into the QAnon stuff, and uh, I have yeah. a huge stance against the QAnon stuff. Yeah, because uh, they think JFK Jr. faked his death, and that he's QAnon, and yeah. he's working with Trump. And I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, you go to you go down that path, and it gets. I mean, that, that, that yeah. uh, Billy Ray, I think, is still there. Billy Ray used to love uh, Dr. Peter Beater, and he was big back in the seventies, back when left wingers had, le yeah, left wingers had some conspiracy theorists. Uh, it wasn't just right wingers back then. But Peter Beater was frankly ridiculous. I mean, he—he, he, I don't know if he—I I don't know if he pushed the JFK thing, but I know he pushed that Jimmy Carter uh, was—they uh, they put a clone in there, a duplicate, because he switched the part in his hair. He right. started parting it on the other side, so of course he had to be. So I mean, so that's you know, kind of like the Secret Service agent accidentally shot JFK from behind, like when the car yeah. hit a bump. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. What was it Hickey? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, well, you this to... stuff has been on the late night talk radio for forever and a day. I, I mean, the, the, they were doing their Q operations uh, 
there back in the 80s and, and getting a lot of people on board with all of that. Sure. And it's so you, and it really does. I'm sorry. Were you talking, Chris, or no? Uh, about, yeah, you know, no. They, they, um, when they, I, I'm never one to say that's too extreme, and I don't like people demonizing that because I think we should be able to go where we want. But, you know, when you get to the point where uh, when you just dismiss everything as fake, then that discredits all the alternative research because what's the point of, you know, researching 9-11 or JFK or any of these things if none of it happened? I mean, then all we need to research is why well, the, the best thing to do is to be able to prove absolutely how the mainstream media is lying about things. That's the, the main thing to try and get across to the sheeple is that they're being lied to by the yes. source that they trust. And so not to trust those sources anymore. Right. And that's the truth. And you, um, our world gets muddied up when you have so many, uh, people even in all world alternative world that do you know seem to to do strange things and have strange motivations and so it, it is a question of who do you trust i i don't know at this point i i don't know who i trust at all i don't know what a good source is other than you know i, I trust myself but um you know it's well you have to learn how to read hearts a little bit uh, you, you have to learn how to discern who, who's just grifting and who's trying to, to get clickbait out there and, and, and who's interested in the real truth. And uh, yeah. yeah, that takes well, a while. Cooper said it, do your own research. Right? Yeah. 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 And so. you should. And, and Karen, Karen, well, Karen's right up on this. She, she knew about, knew about Peter Beater and says all the, all the Kennedys and their wives were generous. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I don't know that, but I, I do know that one of the most ridiculous conspiracy theories, and I run into it all the time. Uh, there are people that believe, basically they believe that all the famous women are, are really men. They're trannies. And I, and some of them, if you look at it, like if you look at Jennifer Aniston closely, people like that, you can think, uh, maybe, I don't know, you know, because you said Jamie Lee Curtis, certainly people like that. So, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, when they start saying Scarlett Johansson and people like that, I said, come on, man, really, really? I mean, that's, <laughs> they did a real good job with that. But I mean, well, if Carrie okay, Fisher was okay, a trend, let's that would be let's, a revelation for me on Judgment Day. <laughs> let's say that that is true. Yeah. What if all those people, what if that, what if it's the truth? What if all the women are men? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that, what's the what's the motive there? I mean, I don't. I mean, other um, screw with the motive minds, is but... uh, the elite have always had sex with women just to have children, and then yeah. they had sex with boys to have a good time. Yeah, that's the old uh, so the old, the old Muslim line, I think, from way back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the Greeks, maybe it was Greeks. Yeah, the Greeks, women, women for. Women for love, boys for pleasure, or something. Yes, supposedly. Well, St. Paul said the same thing, more or less. St. Paul said boys for pleasure? Gross. Well, well yeah. St. Paul said that uh, wow. when you follow your lust, you become a pervert. And, and uh, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what he said in his epistles to the Romans. Yeah, too bad, too bad that a lot of the priests aren't. <laughs> I didn't, didn't read that when they were in seminary or maybe they did, but because uh, I guess I guess that's what they're just following that. Everybody hates her. And Sandra Bullock is totally a dude. OK, well, I mean, I can I can maybe believe that. But Andy uh, Bullock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, see, see, these uh, and I, I'm sure there's some people watching the show that uh, that believe this as well. It's a very prevalent belief. I don't begin to understand it, really, because I don't other than just to screw with people's minds, I guess. But um 
you know, to do this. Uh, but I think when you get when you go down those rabbit holes, and eventually uh, it it contradicts so many other things. You know that uh, you have to. And there's, I guess we lost, uh, we lost it. John, thanks for being here, John. I appreciate it. I guess he just, his connection got lost at some point, but. Um, White Wolf uh, left too. Was it something I said? No, yeah, he no. just got up and walked off oh, for I a second. Yeah. <laughs> we have to ask White Wolf where he's at. I think he's got, he's got almost the same location he had, or is, uh, except the shelves aren't behind him. We have to ask White Wolf where he's yeah, at. Yeah, I thought he had a t-shirt behind him a second ago. That's what okay. I remember. I said, "Where is the is it, is it, is it, is it like secret location? Somewhere yeah, in the yeah. somewhere." I know in the he wants to do a, a Fatima episode with you, Don. I remember him talking to Angry Tiger yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we will. And uh, I, uh, I have a Catholic friend that is always trying to give me Catholic guests, the experts, and I've had a couple of them on. But uh, certainly, uh, Chris Buckin says he's sitting in a closet. Yeah, I, I, we're going to ask him where he's at. Um, uh, everybody hates Ray and says Zelensky's more attractive as a transgender than as a beta male. Well, so he's not so a beta Z male, so. <laughs> so, Zelensky, so Zelensky's really a girl? I, I don't know. I, uh, well, then so, where, was the, where did the balls come from when he was playing the piano? Yeah, exactly. He was playing with some white wolf. We were asking where you went, and, we, and we're all, we're all uh, curious about where it's almost like you're at a secret location, like you're in a warehouse in some undescribed location. Because I saw that in the. Uh, uh, Angry Tiger as well. Can can you give us your location or tell us where you're at coming from? Almost looks like a fallout shelter or something. <laughs> um, no, but basically I'm uh, I'm in Amish country in Lancaster, Pennsylvania right now. Okay, yeah, because you, you you just have, you have it just has like an I mean, it's cool because it looks like almost like you're. You're from a secret location, underground location or something. No, this, this closet is closest to the radiation, which is uh, coming from next door, which I don't have access to at the moment. Okay, cool. Because I, I only get $10 a month, so uh, I'm dirt poor. I have to. $10 have to a month? Uh, yes, $10 a month. What do you do that pays $10 a month? Oh, I uh, do odd jobs around the neighborhood and so on and so forth. And, oh, but uh, this is Amish country, so you're saying I guess your living expenses are incredibly cheap. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I work for food and uh, and uh, yeah, the the only disposable income I get, I I buy books from Donald Jeffries. <laughs> well, now I feel bad. You're making ten dollars a month and you're spending money on my books. Well, I you know I. I I hope they live up to it. That's, I, I, I can tell you Man, unusual. Truth, uh, totally lived up to it. Yes, and 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 so so did Hidden History. I I thoroughly enjoyed that volume too. Well, that's wonderful. I hope you'll. Uh, I'll have a uh, and Chris uh, did a lot of research for. Uh, I you know I finally signed the contract with them, but they don't, they they don't want Hidden History in the title at all now. So <laughs> that's that's the I, that's the money maker part. Of it. I, I don't understand it, but he says, well, yeah, yeah. But what's funny is I I ordered Survival of the Richest, and mm -hmm. there's actually a, a another book out by the same title with a different author, and yeah. the person got me that book instead. Oh boy, well, I'm sure it wasn't as good. Yeah, I, I know that. But, uh, I thought I was clever enough to make it up on my own, but as somebody else did too. But uh, but yeah, I um, you wanted originally called that. 
You didn't build that. Yeah. You didn't build that. Yeah. That's what I was what I wanted to call, it, but uh, they didn't like that title. So they don't like my titles a lot, but um, this. Um, yeah, I like your titles, Don. Well, I appreciate it. And John Barber told me the other day, you come up with some great titles, Donald. I said, okay, thank you, John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The, the American Memory Hole, I think, is what it's going to be called. And uh, tentatively, it's American Memory Hole, how the court historians uh, create uh, promote disinformation or something, something like that. You mean but, that they, they might not even have hidden history in the title at all? I thought it was just a no, no, they, they don't want. No, I thought so before. Now, yeah, I don't know. He's he, oh my god, yeah. I, I was talking because I talked to the president of the company. I, I don't know at this point, you know, I said, I, I just want the contract signed. It's ridiculous, yeah, yeah. But, and they gave me a little concessions, nowhere near what they I wanted or what they, they originally said they would, but it is what it is. But um, so, uh, and Karen Carpenter says she'll buy you some books, White Wolf. Well, yes, I, I like books. The uh, the books cannot go down the memory hole. They, they, they can't get up there and, and, and change everything. Because right. I, I'm sure that at some point that they're going to change all my Substack posts and, and, and they're going to have the... The, the, the white wolf favoring cryptocurrency and uh, and saying that we're whizzing around the sun. So <laughs> I don't know how soon that's coming, but uh, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, well, it's good to have these books while while while, the, while you can, because they may eventually outlaw them. Uh, Chris Buckin says, John Barber's a communist sympathizer. Come on, Chris, man. I mean, I give <laughs> you a break, you know. Come, come on, John. John that's, my, that's my first question next time he's on my show. Yeah, John. <laughs> John Barber is, uh, he's 90 years old. He's got the enthusiasm of a teenager. He is the most treasured friend I've ever had. If somebody had told me, you know, when my, uh, my wife was young, she, before me, she met me, she went out to California with her sister and they sat in the audience of real people and they're, they're big real people fans. And we had a videotape of it. We used to watch a lot. And uh, just cause they were in the audience, you could see him briefly. But uh, if anybody told me that the guy, you know, uh, creator and co-host of the show, John Barber, would become one of my best friends. He really, he really is, and uh, I, I would have said you're you're crazy. I mean, this guy. If you know what this this guy's career was, he was talking, you know, recently about how he he you know he was out walking around with Lenny Bruce and his wife a couple of days yep. before he died and things like. I mean, he's he he was Sinatra's personal writer. This guy, Ned Beatty. Yeah, Ned. Yep. I mean, he has connections you would not believe. And uh, for him to have any interest in me is, and all the great stuff he says about me, because he's been so kind to me and he promotes me everywhere. And uh, if he still had any power like he used to have, then I would be a big shot because he would have seen to it, you know, he would, but uh, he doesn't have the, you know, power anymore. But so it's uh so those are fighting words, Chris, you gotta, you gotta say that. Uh, and Chris said, he heard me tell the story on rent. Say that. I guess I did. All right. I guess I'm saying it too many times, but uh <laughs> Harlan says he could jump on in a few minutes if I had a link on Twitter. Well, I would have invited you. It's kind of crowded now. It's almost up. But yeah, Harlan, we can have you on sometimes too. I know you're. Well, I'm, you're, I'm about ready to do my show. I mean, Harlan is a great guest. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. Talking you. to him about doing some stuff in the future too. And I think him and him and Guard Goldsmith have to have a cage match as to uh, <laughs> who is going to have the most copies of Masking the Truth because both mm -hmm. of them have bought a bunch of copies. So I can't. Express my gratitude to them enough for that. It's very good. Karen Carpenter says, John B's a treasure. Love him so up. He is. And he's he's just, uh, you talk, I mean, first of all, you talk to the average 90-year-old, they're not coherent if they're alive. Right. And uh, you talk to the average 50-year-old, 
and they don't have any energy. John Barber is 90. You, he's always talking about what projects he wants to do or maybe what projects we can do together. He's like an enthusiastic teenager. He's he's just amazing. Yeah, we don't see eye to eye on everything anymore, but uh, he um, he's just an incredible guy. So uh, you're not going right, to get anywhere. I gotta, I gotta hop Thanks, out, Chris. You know. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate yeah, no, it. No problem, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good thanks, one, Chris. Chris. All right, bye. Okay, so th then there were three. So we have White Wolf and uh, Tom. So what, 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 uh, what do you guys want to talk about? We got 15 minutes left. Um, I found a pretty good uh, a movie I'm going to watch this weekend about cloning. It was made I don't know back in. Uh, 60s something like that 70s maybe hmm. um apparently i found it on twitter last night apparently it goes into how they do cloning so i'm gonna check that out this weekend is that uh is that the movie seconds with rock hudson no it's called the boys from brazil oh okay yeah that's a big movie yeah 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 that's uh that movie goes back quite a few years yeah boys i've never seen that but i i've uh i've and it's, it isn't broadcast on on Turner Classic Movies or anything. I, I, I don't know whether cloning is real or not, but uh, I, I I have a question. If if cloning sure. is real, what why why aren't rich people like cloning their dogs? Has anybody ever heard of a, a of a rich person cloning their favorite dog? I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful yeah. to have your favorite dog come back as a puppy and and grow up yeah. to be your favorite dog all over again? Yeah. Yeah, that would. I don't be know, great. man. I'm gonna watch that movie and find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you gotta do. John Bassett says Gregory Peck well, in it. Yeah, there is a cult. They have an island on on the Virgin Islands, and uh, apparently, you can buy a clone. They've cloned a lady already. Her name is Eve. Um, I don't know if she's still if the clone is still alive or what, but apparently, yeah, but, you can. But has you any can, of this been substantiated? I that I'm not sure of. I can't say 100. Um, yeah. I just know you can go online and, and you can order a clone. They have a website and everything. Uh, you can clone your dog. You can clone yourself for body parts. This is what it says in the. In, in, uh, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen anybody claiming that they cloned their dog and and anybody able to substantiate it. Right. You know, clone your dog. Clone your cat. Clone your canary. You know, I'm sure there would be a market for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, even even among the even among the, the not the not the ridiculously rich, but just like the millionaires. Sure, the, the, they're all dog lovers out there. They they, they even have pet cemeteries. Or sure, our our our, our, our civilization is well. When you have grandma. In ashes, sitting on your windowsill, yeah. and you have a monument to, to to your dog that died a year ago. I think that says everything you need to know about our civilization. Sure. Well, uh, Australian Ben is asking me if CBJP could, could he come on for a chat before you wrap up? He'd like to talk about. It. I don't know if we can get him on in time. We only have about ten minutes left. Um, I'm not sure if we could make that happen because Tony would have to get his info and. Uh, uh, Stephen Stephen was on with me, I think, on, on the show before, wasn't he? I believe he was on uh, a while back. But uh, I, sorry, I'd like to make. I just don't logistically. I don't think we can make it happen. He would. He would never very long to talk. So, uh, 
Chris Buckin says he can get a clone Jennifer Aniston circa 1996. <laughs> well, but she's probably uh, Jennifer Aniston's a male, so I don't know. You supposedly, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, and that's what's wouldn't that be? How different is that from sex dolls, really, if you think about it? Because wouldn't everybody like, uh, couldn't you sell like Hollywood clones? Well, the little clip that I watched yesterday, the guy was talking about how they were, they can 3D print a clone, apparently. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's it's going deep. You know what I mean? But I'm going to I'm going to look into it and see what happens. Yeah, no, it's, how, it's how can you 3D print a clone? I I look, man, I, I don't know. That, I, that, I, I, I'm going to look into it, though. That's the closest <laughs> thing to being able to beam up. Well, I don't understand the 3D the 3D printer thing. I, I don't understand how can you print out a gun and all these things. How how I don't how does that possibly work? I worked with printers a long time ago. How I don't understand the 3D thing. Maybe people can explain to me. Can it be because then theoretically, yeah, you could you could uh, print a human being. I, I I guess I don't know how the, how the, the 3D printers work. The, the, they work by by printing something layer by layer. It's it's like uh, it's like you, you you take your your object that that you have on your uh, on your computer graphic design and you you give it to the printer and and, and the printer like it it'll start out by by printing uh printing like a plate or a or a ball or or something like that and then it just adds to it layer by layer until you have the desired shape but it's not going to be alive or anything like that. And, and it only works with, uh, it only works with certain types of plastic and, uh, and, and some metals. Now they are building houses with 3d printers nowadays. Well, yeah. around here, I still see houses being built the old fashioned way. Well, it's probably the better. And <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. That's uh I, I I I just think that's that's a fascinating thing, and it just to me, if you, because then couldn't you talk about a printing press? Couldn't you? I mean, theoretically, couldn't you print money, like the Federal Reserve, <laughs> you know, whatever, out of thin air, out of a out of a three D print? It's, it's so many things that you could possibly do, I guess, with that. But, well, the uh, more sophisticated uh, printing presses can definitely print money. In fact, uh, I, I I knew a printer uh, about twenty years ago, and and. Every year, the, the FBI would come in and inspect a shop and make sure he wasn't printing money. Yeah. So it. Um, so tell tell us more about that. Just what this. I'm fascinated. So you basically live in an Amish community, White Wolf. No, uh, I I live among the Amish. And, well, how are uh, they? Are, are they as nice uh, people as we were led to believe? Everybody says the Amish are great. Are are they as great as everyone says? Well, they're they're like everybody else. Uh, they're mm -hmm. not monolithic. You you, mm -hmm. you you have Amish that you want to punch in the nose, and you have Amish that you, uh, <laughs> you get along very great with. Um, but did they, will uh, they will they associate with you as a non-Amish or, or not? No, the the Amish are very aloof. They like to keep to themselves. Right. So it's kind of a segregated community. But uh, well, that's interesting. I, yeah, I it's very segregated. I imagine you don't have to worry about crime there, though. I'm guessing. Uh, no, there's very little crime here, but uh, if you go to like an Amish school and and watch the children playing, and then you go to a public school, it's it's like the difference is night and day, absolutely night and day. 
the the, the public school kids all, all all look like they're they're high on dopamine or something. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the, the Amish children are so innocent, they go around, they kick their balls, they 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 throw their balls, that they run around. It's just like uh, schoolyards back in the eighties. So no no gender queer in the school library at the Amish school. Uh, no, the the Amish basically. They only educate their kids for about uh, six to eight years, and and then the the, the women get married, and and the men uh, either get a job or work on the farm. Wow, yeah, that's a, that that is definitely uh, it's amazing. Chris says the best part is that the Amish aren't supposed to punch you back if you punch them. Well, that I think that's pretty, if you carry Christianity to a slide, isn't that turn the other cheek again and again and again? I mean, that's uh, really, that's kind of a, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, our Lord did, did tell the apostles to buy two swords. So I think that the idea of Christians being peace nicks is kind of overrated. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, any words says Bill Clinton put a moratorium on federal government, human cloning, asked the private sector to follow the lead. Obviously neither obeyed, not sure if the moratorium lapsed or not. So, uh, so, Bill Clinton didn't want clones. Huh? Well, uh, My wife certainly left, trust him. Left, I, uh, left White Wolf a comment on on uh, Rockfin. Oh, what was what did she say? Uh, she says they have been cloning dogs. Okay. Oh, okay. My wife's the one who looked into this. She called me one day. She's and she's not a conspiracy theorist person by any means. Um, and she called, she found an article on it. She found the website to where you can get people cloned, your dog, whatever you want to clone, they can do it. Mm -hmm. So she called me out of the blue. <laughs> so what would you, if you, if you, if you guys could, would you, would you take advantage of cloning technology if you could? Uh, no, I, I, I don't want something soulless running around my house, man. I'm cool. I yeah. believe my cats do have souls. They go somewhere after they die. That's just my personal belief. Yeah, I, I've I've seen enough films, you know. <laughs> Same thing with uh, AI technology. I mean, how many movies do we have to have watched uh, in the past about robots taking over or turning on their masters? I mean, my I, wife just informed me that Barbara Streisand had her dog cloned. Wow, really? So I don't know. Hmm. Boy, Barbara Streisand's dog was it? Barbara Streisand's. <laughs> she's one of those like Madonna. Her and Madonna, and neither and neither of them weirdos. Well, they've never had a single. John Bassett alone? No, Almond Bundy's there. Almond Bundy, sir. Oh, well, Almond Bundy, uh, it's great to have you here, but we're like four minutes away from the end of the show. <laughs> so, uh, well, I must. I thank you for coming, but I. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be five p.m. Eastern. Uh, I go from mm. five to seven. I, I God, this is terrible. I really wanted to have you on the show. Uh, we're gonna have to. Well, I guess just you know, say something in the four minutes we have. I mean, I, I well, you know, I, hope you had a, I hope you had a good show and and people got a lot out of it. So that's. <laughs> well, we <laughs> just ended up talking about uh, you know current events and everything. But so, where what are you doing now that you, if you anybody wants to know what you're up to, maybe in just a couple minutes you can summarize what you're. Uh, what you're doing at this point, anything you want to promote or anything? Well, I, you know, I've always been just a, a working man. I've got a family, six kids. I've, now my oldest is married and got a grand grandson. And, and so all this, everything else that I've been kind of thrown into is all just 
extra stuff. So I've just been working here and I've got an apple orchard and peaches and pears and, and uh, just working on the farm here and raising kids and I do side work. So that's all, that's what I've been doing. That's what, you know, I'm not, I'm not an activist, I guess. People call me an activist, but I got into this just simply defending my family and defending my neighbors. And that's just really what, where, what I've done. And that's who I am. Well, I well, briefly, people know from the, uh, the, 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 the standoff that the Bundy had family had with, uh, they could briefly talk about that. Cause that's what most people know. I think you know, recognize your name from uh, what, and a lot of, most of us were sympathetic, obviously to you guys, but uh, it was over cattle grazing rights or something, right? What was the, what was the yeah, standoff? My, my family had, has been grazing cattle in the Nevada desert for a hundred and almost 150 years. And the federal government came in, you know, in the really the early nineties and tried to claim it, say that it belonged to them. And, uh, so there ended up being this legal battle, and then my dad was not going to give his rights up, no matter what happened in the courts. And he stood strong on them. And in, in the Obama administration, they tried to come and take them. And I mean, we got, you know, grazing rights deeded with the state of Nevada. I mean, these are, you know, it's not like my dad's been trying to, you know, be an outlaw, roughshod. This. My family's been doing this since 1877. We were there before anybody ever wanted it. And right. we have these grazing rights and water rights dealing with the state of Nevada. And the federal government come on top and said, well, this is federal land, which is a bunch of garbage when you really look into it. Federal government's not supposed to own land inside an enabled state. And so, uh, constitutionally, and so there ended up being this dispute and the federal government sent an army of about 213 men and and uh, basically tried to uh, drive my family off the ranch. And the American people responded to that by the thousands and sent the federal government and their agents, Bureau of Land Management and all of them packing. And uh, we got thrown into the limelight as a family. Wasn't really what we wanted, but that's what happened. And, and I've just been trying to, you know, where much is given, much is expected. I've been trying to help my neighbors the same way that my neighbors helped me. And that's brought me to helping, you know, people up in Oregon, the Hammond family, and then this baby Cyrus thing. And and now uh, the largest hospital institution in Idaho, along with the Idaho establishment, just got a judgment against me for defamation for 50,000 or 50 million, 52 million dollars. And uh, uh, I, I said nothing but the absolute truth. Well, we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. I can't. I can't let you go. The audience is telling me. Uh, everybody hates Raymond. Says I expl explain to this group what you have found yourself smack dab in the middle of now. I. I. I maybe he's talking about the CPS thing because aren't you in some kind of dispute yeah. with CPS now? Yeah. So, uh, you know, at the beginning of COVID, so they, they threw me and my family, my brothers, my dad, a bunch of other people in prison for two years, federal prison. And we were never convicted of even a misdemeanor. We spent two years in federal prison and was never convicted of nothing. And uh, we finally got out of there. It was just complete corruption. And uh, we finally got out of there. And the last thing I wanted to do was get involved in anything. Uh, just wanted to take care of my family. But then COVID happened. 
And I like, I could see right through COVID. I mean, I could see the same patterns that I learned in prison and that, you know, happened to my family. And so I see the same patterns that were happening with the COVID. So I made, started kind of standing up and rallying people. And I made some pretty significant enemies here in, in Idaho, the Idaho establishment. And there is a deep establishment in Idaho. And the reason why it's so deep is because because one party has controlled Idaho for so long that they become very, very powerful, very rooted, and very corrupt. Well, anyway, I, I challenged that authority, not really knowing I, I challenged it, but through COVID, because they did lockdowns and tried to do lockdowns. They arrested pastors. They arrested mothers for being in parks, all kinds of stuff in Idaho. And we stood up to all of this. And I made some pretty powerful enemies. And my side, kind of my uh, sidekick, I guess, or maybe, I, I don't know, my the person who was standing beside me and really articulating a lot of things just like I was, was a, a, a man who became a great friend of mine. His name is Diego Rodriguez. Well, towards kind of the uh, middle of, 2022 so we're still in the middle of covid garbage but it's kind of taming down a little bit right uh his grandson his first and only grandson uh got sick because he had what's called uh cyclic vomiting syndrome and they didn't know it back then but when he was introducing solids and proteins he started vomiting like this cycling in a vomiting well they were worried about him being dehydrated they took him to st luke's hospital and next thing you know, CPS, Department of Health and Welfare, takes baby Cyrus away from his parents. And these, these, these are like, I can't explain it enough. They're like the perfect young parents. I mean, there's never a time where I saw Cyrus where he wasn't clean, taken care of. Really, I never saw him when he wasn't happy. And I, I've known this family since before baby Cyrus was born. So I, of course, here I am concerned for my friend and his family. And it just so happened to be that St. Luke's was the number one recipient of the COVID money that was coming through the governor's office. And that's what we one of the things we were so vocal about. And also, St. Luke's is the largest institution, largest employer in Idaho. And they were, you know, the whole COVID uh, garbage. They were the leader in remdesivir. They were putting people on, <clears throat> on, um, you know, ventilators. They were forlowing doctors and so forth at the beginning of it. And then claiming that their hospitals were clear full. All the garbage. And this is all the stuff that we were speaking out against. And then now this same hospital entity, not only that, is, they're like the main driver of IACI, which is the, the, the most powerful lobbyist group in, in Idaho. And the governor, Governor Little, right now, served on the, the board of IACI for several years. His chief of staff served as the board. Not, he not just only served on the board. He was the chairman of the board. And his chief of staff was the chairman of the board. And the Idaho government basically mirrors the IACI. Iaki and and St. Luke's pulls all the strings because they're the most powerful entity and the most powerful uh, you know employer in in Idaho. Well, now St. Luke's under the Department of Health and Welfare takes my friend's baby, grandbaby. 
And of course, you know, I didn't know what else to do other than to rally as many people as I could and to get them aware of what was going on. So we rallied hundreds of people and then thousands of people and then eventually tens of thousands of people. And finally, they were like, we, we can't keep this baby. Like, it, it was becoming extremely bad publicity for them nationally even. And so they gave the baby back. Miraculously, in a short period of time, like six days, they gave the baby back. Even after they had ruled that they were going to keep the baby for another month at least. Well, it so, shows, what, shows what you can do, right? You see on the screen there, T. Jordan says, Lavoy, Finnegan, RIP. You want to talk about Lavoy at all? Yeah. Well, anyhow, I'll just kind of wrap this up and I will talk yeah, about sure. it again. Uh, because uh, we got that baby back and then St. Luke's with their huge legal team uh, came after us uh, on defamation charges. And, you know, everybody knows the story. That's the, that's the, that's the leftist move to try to destroy freedom of speech or the nationalist move to try to, you know, it's like the example of fascism in, in, in the United States. And so they came after us and, you know, we didn't care much about what they did. We knew the courts were never going to, you know, even consider truth. And ultimately they end up getting a $52 million uh, judgment against us. And so trying to take everything we own and it's all about silencing. So yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, when I, when I went and helped, uh, this was in 2016, there was another ranching family in Oregon. I'm kind of re going back to uh, Lavoie here. And there was another ranching family in Oregon that the same thing was happening to them. Federal government was uh, stealing their property and had prosecuted them and were putting them in prison. And uh, I went and stood for them and got that very vocal. But done there, the uh, FBI and Oregon State Police uh, shot Lavoy Finnicum in the back three times with his arms raised in the air. In the air. And that's, that's on video. Um, and we know now through the Wooten letters that they had planned to kill Lavoy. They were going to kill my brother. But they said that the publicity would be better if they killed Lavoy. And so they did. They killed him. They murdered him. It was premeditated murder. And they killed him. And they've got away with it. And that now that person, the actual person who pulled the trigger three times, kill, killing Lavoy, shooting me in the back three times, he is now, was just promoted about eight, nine months ago, was just promoted to the head of the, he's the colonel for the, hang on, let's say, he's the colonel for the Idaho State Police, or Oregon State Police. Wow. So it pays, you know, in this organization that we call government, it pays to do the bidding of those who ask you to, and they will promote you to these top positions. I mean, you know, anyway, I've, I've said quite a bit here. No, that's, 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 that's fantastic. That's why you're here. And I, it, people were waiting for you and I'm sorry we uh, got the time mixed up, but better late than ever. So we'll, we'll stay on for a little bit here and have a conversation with you. Cause uh, I want to, I want to do that. I know you're, you're hard to get a hold of in terms of, you know, you, you're very much in demand. So tell us about your political career. Well, again, this was, you know, while I was running for governor, 
um, here in Idaho. That's when they, you know, took baby Cyrus as well. Um, and so I never had any political career, really any aspirations, but I felt that I was, you know, to give the people of Idaho a choice uh, after what Governor Little did in his lockdowns and arresting pastors and mothers and all the garbage he did, all the, you know, billions of dollars that he received and distributed. Anyway, I thought I'd challenge him. And so I did. I'd never run a campaign before, but we mounted a really amazing campaign and did not prevail, but we did pull almost 20% of the votes in Idaho. And as an independent, that's never been done here in Idaho before. And uh, so, you know, I don't know if that's got him, you know, frightened or not. I know if I was to run again, you know, I'd probably get into the 30%, you know, maybe prevail, maybe not. But it's pretty, uh, I know that our momentum was, you know, building extremely fast, especially to the, towards the end. There wasn't a, a room that I didn't go to that wasn't standing room only for the last, for the final, you know, uh, two to three months of my campaign. And so I know the momentum was tremendous. Well, yeah, we certainly need people like you in there. You probably draw more people than, uh, than Joe Biden can. But when, when you were, when you, when you had the, uh, the standoff and you were, when you were in the news and everything, uh, who were there, were there, was there anybody that uh, I don't think Trump did, but I mean, anybody politically that supported you, anybody with the power that were, were stood behind you, stood with you? We had a lot of state legislatures. In fact, 40 of the state legislatures in Arizona signed a uh, resolution uh, basically standing behind us. And then in Oregon, uh, you know, uh, with the Hammond family, they end up throwing the Hammond family in, in prison as well, federal prison. Yeah, and we, yeah. we mustered enough uh, attention that President Trump pardoned them. And President Trump only pardoned 17 people and three of those people I advocated for. So, you know, I want to, you know, give President Trump a thank you for that. And and because he did, he got that family back back together and he did the right mm -hmm. thing. And I can't, you can't be more grateful. Well, that's, uh, John Bassiglin says you should start with Sheriff of Kootenai County. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I well, don't I, live in Kootenai County, but, uh, and I'm not too, uh, I'm not, I'm not too sure about the Kootenai County Sheriff right now, but uh, maybe that's another matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, I mean, after you went through what you went through and, uh, this, I guess, you know, before you weren't, it doesn't sound like you were that politically where you were just gotten involved because uh, they basically was a dispute over your land and, you know, people are going to stand up for their land. Uh, this is obviously, did this radicalize you? Is this what made you much more of a political person or were you, were you really interested in politics before? No, I was a business owner. I had a commercial fleet maintenance business, you know, had, you know, 25, 27 employees, uh, a really nice business, you know, beautiful family, good home. Just, uh, you know, I was always uh, what I felt was patriotic, but I, I was unaware of what was really going on around me. I didn't understand it until they came out to my family's farm ranch. And it was my dad. It's my dad's ranch. It wasn't even my, you know, my ranch. I was living in, in South, you know, South, uh, in Levine, south of Phoenix, and my dad's ranch in Southern Nevada. And it wasn't until I saw literally an army come after my family 
and I went up there and helped them and that I, I saw. And even after that, I thought, well, there's just certain branches of the government that are corrupt, you know, and then, and then I saw what was going on with the Hammonds and the, mostly the department of justice and how just wicked the department of justice was. And then they threw us in prison and I got to see what the Bureau of Prisons was like for, you know, two years, spent half of that time in solitary confinement. I mean, I was an innocent man and I spent a year in solitary confinement and two years in federal prison and was never even convicted of even one little thing, not even a misdemeanor, not even an infraction. Yeah. And so then when I got out, I just want to be left alone. And then COVID rolled through. And I, you know, I began to dig deep into that. And I'm just like, damn, the whole thing is all corrupt. It's just a big, nasty mess. And so I've, I've come to the conclusion that we're not saving our government. We, yeah, just have, we just have to unify to protect ourselves from it. Well, it sounds like you got the January 6th treatment. I mean, that's, you know, it's, wow. you know, solitary confinement, all that. I mean, how uh, you must, you must have some kind of uh, empathy for those people. I absolutely do. I know exactly what they're going through and went through. And I, I went through it, you know, about four years before they did. And we're going to see this continue. We're going to see the government using the power that the people created in order to destroy their political enemies. This is not new in history. What we have to do is be smart enough that we unite ourselves against it. That's what we have to do. Because we're not fixing it. We're only defending against it. I can promise you. We're not fixing Washington, D.C. We're not even fixing our states. Not even Idaho. Supposedly a real conservative state. We're not fixing these states. You know, we, we no. might be able to control and, and make a huge difference in local government. But we have to realize that if we're going to be free as a people then we need to unite to defend ourselves against those wicked people that have taken over our government. Do you suggest uh, a lot of my friends, uh, they talk about uh, voluntarism and trying to go back to just starting local communities. Is that the answer you think? I know that's the answer. Except there has to be an element of defense and an L and a networking uh, with each other to help each other in defense. And, you know, there's nothing more powerful than just saying no. No, I'm not going to live that way. No, you're not going to do that to me. No, you're not going to take that from me. And then your neighbor's coming around you and saying, no, you're not going to do that to him. No, you're not going to take that. That that's There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing they can do about that if we would just simply do that. No. Sure. We, we outnumber them by the, by the you know, hundreds of millions. Yeah. We, we can't come together, though. Yeah, I know, but. I mean, I've seen it though. It happened at the Bundy Ranch. It happened in, you know, it happened in, uh, in uh, with Baby Cyrus. It happened in. I've seen it happen many, many times. That's why we organize people's rights as a network, just to communicate. Yeah, that's what you had. So what? What? Uh, so right now, you're basically uh, what? What are you? And when? When you're? Uh, what are you most wanting to talk about when you come on uh, talk shows like this now? What's? What's mainly? What's your? pushing or what you're what you're really involved in at this point well again i i understand that most people still have a pretty easy life that is still relatively blessed because we're riding on the coat of people that truly understood liberty and we've benefited from that for you know over a century a couple centuries 
And, uh, but the reality is, is we are coming to an end. We're coming to a point where the amazing blessings that we have received and benefited from in this country are going to, are being used against us in the most terrible manner. And I know that might sound really eccentric. It might sound like I'm exaggerating, but it is not. It is not. What is happening and what what is building will be terrible if we do not take some measures to prevent what is happening. And I mean, personally, and I believe the way we do that is we have to come together and unite as neighbors now. We have to do a little preparation. We have to prepare ourselves with things like food and supplies. We have to prepare ourselves with the ability to defend ourselves with small arms. We have to be able to create a communication network that can get through, you know, just a power outage and that type of stuff or and, and start understanding who our neighbors are and who will stand together. And then I believe the preventive side of this, preventive maintenance side of this, is we have to start saying no right now. No, no to these things that they're trying to do to us everywhere. And so that's what I'm saying. That's, I guess, my message. I don't know if it's very hopeful, but I, I think it's very real. Yeah, well, it's, it's, we, we obviously have to do something and you you know you paid the price that you know prison for a couple of years and Lavoy Finkham loses his life and there's so many stories like that it uh, and all it's just all senseless does does is anybody in your area were there any local politicians sheriff anybody was there anybody that was on your side that spoke out and said this is this is uh this is outrageous well with the with baby sires we had you know I would say a half a dozen or more that were actually willing to, you know, get in front of a mic and, and speak about it. Um, but that was about it. Uh, although I'm very grateful for that and their voice does go a long ways because people still trust in, in that. Um, uh, as far as the sheriffs go, no. Um, even now, you know, the sheriff here in Jim County is, actually signed an affidavit that he'll do whatever the judge tells him to do in this case because because <laughs> St. Luke's actually sued the county and now they're terrified of him. Uh, they sued him over, over me too, over this matter um, because the sheriff didn't want to serve me and then they sued the sheriff and so the sheriff just caved and then signed an affidavit that he would do whatever you know the judge told him to do in this case. And so I don't think I'm going to get much help from them. And, um, but I don't, I never did put my faith in that. I put my faith in God and people who will be inspired by him to react when they're supposed to. And I'm starting to see that. So, you know, absolutely. Now they got a, they've got a $52 million judgment against Diego and I, the grandfather and I for speaking out against them. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, I imagine they'll keep pushing until they try to take, you know, send the sheriff up here, take my home, my property, clean out my bank accounts, um, take any, you know, business assets that I have. And then from now on, for the rest of my life, every time I get a job, every time I make money, every time I partners with somebody, they'll be right there trying to take it.
And uh, I imagine the sheriff will try to help them. But the, the answer is the people, because I'm, I'm not going to live that way. I refuse to live that way. You know, and so if the people will respond and help me in my defense, yeah, I know it'll be corrected. I've seen it many, many times before, including at the Bundy Ranch. Yeah, you get enough people. And that's that's the problem. And all of this people won't they won't stand together. And I understand it's it's kind of a catch-22 situation because if you know I don't go to rallies in DC, I live in the DC suburbs, but because I know most of the time uh they're gonna be very sparsely attended. And I don't want to be arrested, but if, if I know there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people there, I would go. And that, but I guess everybody's saying that. So I, how do how do we get past that? Is that you know we don't be the want to be the ones to get arrested or beaten. We don't want to spend two years in prison like you unfortunately had to. Um, how do or we just have to be willing to do that? Well, but I think so. Think about this, um, and maybe you know maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not in this, but I don't believe too much. I mean, I've done it before of going in and holding up signs and, and yelling at empty buildings, um, you know, uh, or going and trying, you know, trying to, you know, demonstrate to some people uh, and beg them to let us be free. I, I don't, I don't believe in that. What I believe, and I believe that our founders, what they meant when they, in the first amendment was, you know, the protection of free speech, uh, the protection of right to worship, and a right to, a protected right to assemble and grieve government for redress. And so what I have done and what I, what, what has worked, and I could give you a, a lot of examples, is when somebody's rights are actually being infringed upon or threatened, then it's time to assemble. Yeah, and absolutely. You assemble and people I've seen people will assemble at that point. They'll be like, hey, this baby is being taken. Right. We better do something or the Bundy Ranch. You know, the, the, these people, the ranch are, you know, being threatened. They got snipers on the hills. We better do something or or like uh, I mean, I've seen several things, you know, about through COVID that happened and. I've seen that people will react, but they need a, a true reason, not just some protest where they're yelling at people or, you know, or, uh, or even just yelling at an empty building with signs in their hands. Um, so, you know, assemble when it's time. And I don't think it's time to assemble until someone's rights are actually being individual rights are being threatened or infringed upon. I don't know if that makes sense. No, sure, and uh, but and I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are uh, a little gun shy about assembling after what happened with January sixth and the way they've been treated now for over two years. Denied all due process and uh, some of these outrageous prison sentences they're uh, being handed when they when they do go to trial. I've had I have had, I had Ashley Babbitt's, Babbitt's mom was on my show. I've had uh, other people that are in danger. There's one woman, the Victoria White, who's been on my show who faces a 30-year prison sentence for being beaten up by a bunch of cops. And I, I mean, this is outrageous. And I, I don't know what you do, though, because I think people are scared to go protest that because they don't want to be in prison for two years, too. How do, how do we overcome that? Well, that's it's political warfare. That's why they've done yeah. it. They, yeah. they, you know, they isolate, demonize, and then destroy. That's what they did. They isolated the January 6th protesters. 
so they put them in prison so they couldn't defend themselves and in a system that there's no way they could. Then they demonized them. They did it for several years so that they can destroy them and bring fear to anybody else who opposes this, you know, their, their poses, uh, basically their agenda. Uh, but you know, the, we can't be, we can't be free unless we're brave. And so if we allow a bunch of basically communist fascists to, to scare us away in our liberties, then, then we've lost a battle before we even willing to fight. And, uh, but I also will say this. Um, I think it was uh, oh Mark Twain that said, and I could be wrong, but I think it's Mark Twain that said that uh, a lie goes around the world twice before the truth even gets his boots on. Yes, yes, yes. yes and yeah, they there's going to be a price that they, that these bureaucrats and the FBI are going to pay for what they did to January these January six people. These people, most of them, they targeted them because they were influential and powerful people in in their in their the corner of the world they live in. Okay. And they're not gonna they they might have to bide their time. And I know I've been through it. You know, I came out of prison and all I wanted to do is be left alone. All I wanted to do is take care of my little family. I thought I would never ever get involved ever again. And then COVID happened. He stirred a hornet's nest. And they will do that with all these people. But then this time, these people are not going to play nice. They're not going to play nice. And they will, uh, they will, um, they will, they will play the game a lot differently. And John F. Kennedy said it best when he said, those who make peaceful revolutions impossible make violent revolutions inevitable yes yes and these people are making they literally prosecuted and put in prison and tortured these people for peacefully demonstrating yes they lied about them they demonized them and so what do you think is going to happen next time yeah you're right john f kennedy said those who make peaceful revolutions impossible make violent revolutions inevitable yeah, that's one of his great sayings, and uh, you're absolutely right. Well, we're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep you a couple more minutes because we got a, we got a good uh, over half an hour here with you, and that's I, I, it's I, I appreciate you taking the time out, and um, you know we people waited around. That's why I I went over here so that uh, well, but this this show will be run. Uh, no, that's fine. But they'll, they'll uh, people will be able to see this on Bandot Video because uh, I'm, I'm over there now. My show is ours and uh, Rents.com. Uh, <clears throat> has, so it, it, a lot of people will see it. But uh, so what can what can you at this point? What can you leave us with? You know, and, and uh, before we close, I want you to be able to. The floor is yours. Talk about anything you want and uh, anything you want to promote. Give out any links and anything that you 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 want to say. It's it's, it's your your floor. Well, there's a network that I have organized and you can go to it you can join it at peoplesrights.org or you can write to 80123 and and uh, some areas in the country are well organized and functioning and communicating others are not because this is only a tool a tool that we have built but you have to locally make it work and so if if there's anybody in in the area that they live in that wants to uh, start using this tool and network for liberty and freedom and to organize with their neighbors, 
they can do that. They just need to contact us and uh, we'll vet them, of course. And if they're a person who has the ability to be trusted with this network, this communication network, then we will uh, help them do that. And then they can organize all the people in the area that have signed up and communicate with them. And or they can join the network that's already been organized. And uh, um, we've seen it work all over the country. And so, again, I saw at the Bundy Ranch, just kind of coming full circle and summing this up, I saw at the Bundy Ranch something that was miraculous. And I believe that it was a, uh, it, it is a pattern that we are to follow if we are going to preserve liberty. And that is my father said, no, you're not going to take it. It's mine. I've had it in my family. I inherited it and purchased it. And you're not going to take it. And then when powerful, wicked people came to come and forcefully take it away from him, he called on others and they surrounded him and said, no, you're not going to take this. And then his rights were preserved. And now he lives freer ranching now than he ever has ever in his entire life or my grandfather or great grandfather's life. And that is a pattern that we are going to have to follow over and over again. When we say, no, you're not going to do that to me. You're not going to take my child. You're not going to take my home. You're not going to take my income. You're not going to take my property. When we say no, and wicked people come to take that away from us anyway, we must call on our friends, neighbors, family, and, uh, and fellow country around us and drive them off. And that's what the People's Right Network is designed for. And that is what I believe is going to preserve any liberty that we are going to see left in this country after these wicked, you know, people are done with it. Well, certainly, uh, we certainly appreciate what you're doing, uh, Alman Bundy. Profile and courage. Thanks so much for all you do. Wish you the best of luck. And uh, glad we got you on. Better late than never. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, Hammond Bundy. Thanks, uh, everyone, for listening to iProtest. See you next Friday. Thanks. Take care.